Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from March 25th, 1997. From the high desert in the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening or good morning as the case may be across all these many prolific time zones from the Tahitian and Hawaiian Island chains in the west, across flyover country, all the rest of us, to the Caribbean and the U.S. Virgin Islands, south into South America, north to the pole, and worldwide on the internet, this is Coast to Coast AM, and I'm Art Bell, and what a surprise. We were going to have Lynn Buchanan on, and we still are. But we're also going to have Joe McGonagall and Paul Smith. All three of these gentlemen were involved in the military's Project Stargate, uh, which I'm sure you've heard so much about. Uh, Nightline, of course, uh, ran a, a quite a significant uh, a story on remote viewing, and uh, many of you in the audience are familiar with remote viewing. Uh, through other guests that we've had on. Some of you may not be. So we will discuss remote viewing, their differences, their agreements, what they think can be done, was done, what they can tell of that, and, and a, lot, uh, a lot more. So all of that uh, coming up in just a moment. Take Coast to Coast AM with you anywhere on your mobile phone. CoasttoCoastAM.com can be conveniently accessed on your iPhone and most Android platforms, which means that you are never without your Coast to Coast AM fix. If you're a Coast to Coast Insider subscriber, you can listen to the show live in the middle of the night or previous shows 24-7. Plus, you can browse all the great photos, videos, and news stories. Keeping up with Coast to Coast AM has never been easier with our Coast Insider service. Looking for the truth? You'll find it on Coast to Coast AM. Not everything is cut and dry, and I think people will look at events and say who profits, who benefits, and then they back into it with their theories, which many people would say are conspiracies. I mean, there's no question there's a facet of government that wants to take guns off the street. Not just assault weapons, but pure right. guns. They want to get them out of Americans' hands. In order to do that, you need tragedies and events like we had in Connecticut in order to create the stimulus to get the legislature and people behind that in order to say, you know what, they're right, we don't need this, we don't need that. So I think when you look at that whole picture, as bizarre as it sounds, because you cannot see a conspiracy at every event, but you will look at these events and say, see, this is what they've created in order to get people to think this way. Bottom line is people don't trust other people. And that's why they create all these things. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from March 25th, 1997. Not long ago, the nation was shocked. Nightline ran a story 
uh, did a show and said, guess what, folks? For the last 20 years, the U.S. government has had an ongoing program of remote viewing. And as best they could in that limited amount of time, they tried to describe what remote viewing was. The nation kind of went, what? <laughs> Since then, we have been pursuing the topic. Uh, tonight may be uh, the biggest program in that regard yet. Before I begin telling you a little bit about these men, let me tell you they've uh, got websites. And right now, if you go to my website and you click on the scheduled guests area, or go to the scheduled guests area, and click on Lynn Buchanan's uh, controlled remote viewing site, it will take you to a place where you can see any of the associated websites. And there's a lot to look at. There's a lot to look at. So you might want to go up to my website and, again, go down to Scheduled Guests and, uh, and click on uh, Lynn Buchanan. And that will take you wherever you want to go. My website, of course, is www.artbell.com. www.artbell, no space, .com. Now, Lynn Buchanan, he was a remote viewer for Project Stargate from 1984 through early 92 while part of military intelligence for the U.S. Army. He functioned as a viewer, a viewing instructor for new personnel, and a viewer profile database manager as well as other miscellaneous duties. When he retired from the Army, remote viewing was still classified. After retirement from military service in 1992, he founded the AWP to assist civilian intelligence, police, FBI, and so forth in locating missing children and founded PSI to develop solutions for intelligence-related data analysis. Prior to the facts about Project Stargate being declassified, he trained only those people who were in a position to know about that technology. McGonagall was uh, born January 10, 1946, in Miami, Florida. He voluntarily joined the U.S. Army and was recruited by the Army uh, Security Agency for classified assignments. Uh, he, too, eventuated, eventuated to uh, Project Stargate. While there, he earned a Legion of Merit for providing critical intelligence reported at the highest echelons of our military and government, including such national-level agencies as the Joint Chiefs of Staff, DIA, NSA, CIA, and the Secret Service, producing crucial and vital intelligence unavailable from any other source. When he retired in 1984... He maintained his association with Stargate uh, in general, the program, through his own company, Intuitive Intelligence Applications. And uh, now Paul Smith. Paul served in the Fort Meade uh, remote viewing program, Stargate, September of 83 to August of 1990, and was trained in CRV by Ingo Swan primary author of the government CRV training manual. He also served as theory instructor for new CRV trainees. Besides performing a 1,000-plus uh, training and operational RV sessions, 
during his army career, a thousand. When he retired from the army, after many assignments, including Arabic linguist, intel officer for a special forces unit, intel officer with the 101st Airborne Division during the Gulf War, and intelligence and security division chief for the military district of Washington, Paul has been accepted into a Ph.D. program in philosophy and works as a freelance RVer and consultant. He recently opened Remote Viewing Instructional Services, Inc., offering CRV training courses. So we have, well, I guess what we have here is three spooks. Is that about right, guys? That's, I guess you can In say both so. senses of the word. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, in order that, you know, this is not TV. So in order that we might tell you apart, if when responding to something you would say this is Lynn or Joe or Paul, it would be awfully helpful, I think, for the audience. Um, so what I'd like to let you guys do is sort of banter back and forth. And what we must begin with is explaining to the audience um, what remote viewing is. Who's good at doing that? Uh, this is Joe. I, okay. You know, I'd like to answer that if I could. Um, in my opinion, what remote what differentiates remote viewing from normal psychic functioning is that remote viewing is usually done within a controlled protocol, and that p protocol has essentially been the same and has been unchanged since. Uh, the original uh, research into remote viewing in 1972 at SRI. Uh, one of the the things that dictates remote that dictates the protocol is that remote viewing is uh, usually done blind with the uh, subject, and uh, that there are specific requirements that go along with the protocol that are generally not violated. Uh, generally not violated. All three of you have gone from the military Stargate program into individual endeavors in civilian life. Have any of the three of you, in any way, significant or not, modified the protocols uh, in your civilian endeavors? Uh, this is Len. Let me answer that. Um, when I was in the service uh, working there as database manager, um, the Ingo Swan technique is uh, largely intuitive, and uh, in, in several spots it's not at all logical. And as a result, I've seen uh, many, many times when people will improve on it. And watching the database, each time I've seen the results go down. Um, I have... Uh, kept as strictly as possible to the uh, Ingo Swan technology. Now, I've added a few things that take the information and, uh, and expound upon it. But as far as the, uh, excuse me, as far as the basic uh, uh, technology itself, I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, this is Paul. Um, it might be useful to, to clarify something here. Um, we're actually dealing with a couple of different approaches to remote viewing. Uh, Joe uses uh, one approach. Uh, Lynn and I use another. We learned ours uh, essentially from Ingo Swan. Uh, it's called controlled remote viewing. Uh, it used to be called coordinate remote viewing. Joe uses another uh, technique, which 
I don't know what he calls it. We tended to call it back in the unit uh, ERV or extended remote viewing. Uh, the goal of both approaches is to uh, essentially control the process. Uh, in fact, I, I call it uh, essentially remote viewing in a very kind of flip way of saying is, is disciplined clairvoyance in a way. Uh, you have a set of protocols, as, as uh, Joe has expressed, which help uh, exclude mental noise, uh, help direct or focus your attention so that you, you have a, a far better chance than you would otherwise of getting specific information that is related to the target you're trying to address. All right, I take it in Stargate, all the targets were of a military or national security uh, nature. All of the real, uh, this is Lynn, all of the real world targets and the tasked targets were. Now, we also had practice targets uh, that we used just to uh, keep up proficiency and to um, to try out new things and uh, make sure that we didn't get rusty. Okay, uh, kind of kind of like uh, the military out flying, uh, out uh, following uh, uh, 727s or 747s uh, over the Atlantic. Well, uh, you could say that. Actually, <laughs> the best thing we found to ever work with was uh, pictures cut out of National Geographic magazines, uh, sealed in envelopes, and you describe what's what's in the picture, describe what's at the site. So, practice. All right. Sure, just well, practice. One of the things, uh, this is Joe, I, I wanted to add something so that there's no confusion in the, the listener's mind. Uh, when we were discussing, or when Paul and Lynn and I were explaining what it is we do, ERV, CRV, or whatever you want to call it, those are the, the methodologies that each one of us uses to process the information, which may, may be different. Uh, the thing I wanted to underscore is the fact that for any of those methodologies to be considered valid for remote viewing, they have to be done within the specified protocol, Absolutely. which is, is different from the methodologies that are used. Right. In fact, this is Paul again. Um, you almost might make the analogy with uh, different email programs. Uh, you can use Eudora or you can use Pegasus to download your email. Mm -hmm. um, they're just different ways of organizing the, the data, so to speak. But the email is the same no matter, you know, the, the content is the same no matter which particular program you use to sort it out with. All right. Well, it would be helpful for the audience to really understand what it is you can and can't do. Can you read minds? Well, <laughs> this is Paul. Um, at least in my experience, you can't do it in the, in the way that people think of it normally, like they see from a science fiction movie or something on TV. You can uh, obtain impressions, uh, emotions. Uh, you can actually obtain information, but it's not in the same sense as actually knowing what they're thinking instantaneously, instantaneously in the same words they might be thinking those thoughts in or whatever. You get the information. Uh, but it's not nearly as literal as uh, as people conceive it as being. Okay, uh, for example, Saddam Hussein. Could you uh, uh, target Saddam Hussein and come up with his mood, his intentions, uh, his, um, uh, in other words, what could you come up with regarding Saddam Hussein? I, I suppose uh, it would apply to anybody, but he'd be okay. a, certainly a typical target. All right, this is uh, Len. Uh, we did, in fact, do exactly that to come up with plans and intentions, uh, to come up with uh, background psychological information such as moods, uh, logical 
ability, uh, his his outlook on life, philosophy, and so forth, mainly plans and intentions. Uh, hmm. And this can be done. However, like Paul says, it's not a uh, it's not a thing where you you know put the envelope to your head and say the answer is. It's a uh, all right, but you said procedure. Let me interrupt. You said plans. Uh, that that would really imply a fairly direct reading of somebody's. Uh, uh, a mind, uh, rather than than mood. Uh, plans imply we're going to attack Kuwait, you know, on a certain date. That's right, mm-hmm. and um, it can be done, but it's it's a, a very it's an advanced level, and it's not uh, like Paul says. It's not something you just sit down and scribble off. Maybe I can add something here that will clarify. This is Joe. Um, one of the things that you have to understand is that in the function of remote viewing. It's not the attenuated uh, uh, protocol that, you m- that might exist for, say, studying telepathy. Uh, what happens in remote viewing is you're actually opening to all of the possible delivery systems, uh, everything from clairaudience to clairsentience, clairvoyance, telepathy, presentiment. All those things are delivering bits of information. So. There's an entire realm or wealth of information that's available, depending on how you set up the uh, the specific targeting mechanisms. Uh, would the three of you agree that it is the end of secrets as we have known them? Uh, Paul here. Um, I I wouldn't say it quite so precisely. Um, one of the factors. Let's let's go back to the mind reading thing. One of the things you have to recall is uh, how confusing everyone's thoughts are anyway i mean we can we can think about one thing while we end up doing something else altogether uh if we were reading saddam hussein's mind uh you know again not literally like that but if we were doing that uh we might pick up in the morning when he's in a bad mood and he intends to invade kuwait tomorrow and then uh, later on in the afternoon he's already changed his mind and decided to do it some other time you know so and so uh, it, it's never never quite like that, that precise oh boy uh, that that would be it must be very difficult for the remote viewer when you're dealing with a human target, uh, which would, as you point out, change its mind. Well, there, there's this is Joe. There's there's inherent problems in the remote viewing as well. It doesn't work all the time. So uh, if you're operating with uh, a 60 or 70 percentile chance of actually uh, making contact with a target then you have to also look at the fact that there are times when you're going to be wrong. Now, do you mean uh, to say that this is not 100% correct? (laughs) That's what I was about to ask. Never has been. Melvin, let's be nice. If if you can find someone who can do it 100% of the time, I will believe that the aliens are on the Earth because they're not human. (laughs) Uh, Well, all right. Uh, Then what would the three of you say with regard to percentage of uh, obviously... uh, uh, People, I suppose, could approach 50-50 on certain things. Uh, how far above that does remote viewing go? Uh, actually, let me jump in here and say, oh, this is Lynn, uh, say that the 50-50 thing is right or wrong. If you have to select and tell a color of a card, for instance, you can say red or black, you have a 50-50 chance. What right. if you have to predict the color of a traffic light, then you have a 33% chance. Right. If you have to predict the condition of a certain spot in the desert, how many percent do you have chance? Um, the uh, good point. And and also when you when people ask for accuracy, 
they have noted many times that uh, different people have reported different amounts of accuracy for uh, remote view, quote remote viewing, which is a it's a general term actually. Uh, well, if and, you if you compare your accuracy, uh, if, if let us say we take a white or a black piece of something and put it in an envelope, right, and compare your accuracy doing remote viewing compared to uh, the average Joe's guess, how do you uh, do? I I'm glad you ask it that way because I've been doing uh, an extended experiment on this here lately with uh, red and black cards, ah. and right now I'm at sixty. 8.3%. As compared to the average Joe's? 50%. 50%. All right, gentlemen, hold tight. We're at the bottom of the hour. Three former Stargate, Project Stargate remote viewers. Lynn Buchanan, Joe McGonigal, and Paul Smith. A rare gathering. And right here, the trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up. Take you back to the past on Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Three gentlemen all involved in the U.S. military in Project Stargate, a remote viewing project that your tax dollars paid for. All three now retired, the project declassified, and they're talking. We'll get right back to them. listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from March 25th, 1997. Now, my guests, Lynn Buchanan, Joe McGonigal, and Paul Smith. Uh, Lynn, where are you located? Uh, I'm in... Uh... Maryland, about 50 miles directly south of Washington, D.C. Okay. Uh, Joe, how about you? Uh, I'm about 25 miles south of Charlottesville in Virginia. All right. And Paul? I'm a oh, half hour north of D.C. in a little town called Laurel. So all of you sort of uh, gathered not far from headquarters. That's right. We sort of had uh, 
uh, homes here because we, uh, of course, we're in the project for so long, and uh, as a result, we just sort of settled. Uh, let me say something else, if you don't mind, about that red-black. Yes. In the project, when I took over the database, I saw that there were um, there was some work called binary work, uh, where they were doing exactly that. And uh, it had been an experiment, and uh, the continually highest score in it uh, was a person named Joe McMonagall, uh, who even one time scored 100% on, uh, on 52 cards. And wow. I was very, very impressed. I should someday reach that. Did, did you say 100%? Uh, there was one instance in the database <laughs> where he got 100% correct. So it can be done. One, one, this is Joe. I'd, I'd like to say something about the accuracy. I, I, I've been working for over 13 years with the Cognitive Sciences Lab in California. That, that's the original founders of the original research in remote viewing. And, uh, we, we have collected statistics on, on dozens of remote viewers, uh, what I would call world-class remote viewers. Uh, generally speaking, uh, on an average, uh, a very good remote viewer can be expected to make contact with a uh, target site about 60 to 65 percent of the time. And out of the information they provide, uh, the the accuracy of the information will run anywhere from 35 to 88 percent. Now, there there are times when a good remote viewer will get 100 percent or near 100 percent quality remote viewing, but those are extremely rare. And when someone establishes their their sort of history over a long period of time, say 10 to uh, 19 years, uh, that that's the kind of percentages you can expect. Are those percentages increased with a team? No. Um, from a research standpoint, uh, everything that we have in the database that we've looked at at uh, the Cognitive Sciences Lab would indicate that if you had 10 very expert remote viewers all looking at the same target as an example, and, and eight say one thing and two say another, that it's just as likely that the two will be correct and the eight won't be. All right. Um, our government, at least according to the Nightline program that ran, uh, financed uh, Stargate over 20 years with $20 million or something like that, at the end of which... Uh, they more or less declared it to be a failure and stopped the program. Uh, so you all three were in it. Was it a failure? Well, this is Paul. Uh, no, it was far from being a failure. Um, in fact, uh, I, back while I was still on active duty, I wrote a review of the uh, CIA report on that, which I discussed many of the problems with that report. Uh, it, you know, I... It's hard to say for sure, but it almost looked like it was consciously intended to to prove that the uh, the program was faulty, and yet they did not consider anywhere near all of the evidence available to, to make that determination. Uh, from my own experience, and I think the other two will agree, uh, while there were times when we fell flat on our faces there, um, there were times when we were unbelievably successful as well. Uh, that kind of holds true of any of the uh, various uh, intelligence disciplines. Uh, none of them are 100%. Uh, none of them are even close to 100%. Sometimes they're very successful and sometimes they're not. 
So I would I would say we were at least as successful as any of the other intelligence disciplines, and sometimes perhaps more so. Well, if that's true, then uh, the declaration uh, that it was a failure was a, was an intentional piece of disinformation, or otherwise known as a lie. Well. Perhaps you could say it that way. You have to remember there's a lot more involved than just a bottom line as to whether it works or doesn't work. There are a lot of uh, political agendas involved. There are a lot of uh, personal belief systems. you know, we live in, 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 of course, in the in the scientific in a scientific paradigm that doesn't want to accept the fact that there's things that happen that they can't explain in a cause and effect relationship. So far, no one's been able to explain what it is that makes uh, remote viewing work, and so there are a lot of people who have uh, real problems with that. Yeah, most of the military people, for example. I was in the Air Force, and I can imagine what the attitude toward what you gentlemen did was, and I'm sure it was not fully positive in the ranks. Uh, but, uh, this, this is Joe. Um, w- one of the, a very very good example of that, uh, since you brought up the military, um, there, there are multi-billion dollar programs which are dependent upon, um, in, in essence, uh, plans or constructs that may be very vulnerable to uh, uh, psychic functioning, that may be very targetable. And um, if if uh, some performance is uh, developed that shows a vulnerability based on psychic applications, then that can be very da- very damaging to getting an approval for a multi-billion dollar plan. So that will give you an idea of sort of the politics that might become involved. Well, at least publicly. Uh, now, they suggested they stopped the remote viewing program altogether, and Stargate indeed has been disbanded. Uh, However, do all of you agree that the government is now doing absolutely no remote viewing work whatsoever? What do you believe? This is Joe. I I would agree with that. Um, I I have no knowledge whatsoever of anything that the government's now doing, uh, either from a research or a collection standpoint. and, and that's okay. I, I happen to think that this belongs in the private sector, belongs in the in the uh, in the public sector, where uh, many labs and many individuals can be participating in the research. Uh, only I, I would have to add that I think if any of that research is being done publicly, then it needs to be open to peer review and evaluation, criticism, discussion, that sort of thing. Can you, Joe, tell me whether the stock market's going to go up or down tomorrow? With about the same percentage of accuracy that I discussed earlier, yes. My. My, my. Um, I've got a fax here from a listener. Art, uh, please ask these gentlemen to speak about the episode they experienced when they were still active within their military unit. The episode involved eight objects entering the U.S. airspace, followed by one more type of an open airship. This story is both amazing and amusing. Gone in Peoria, Illinois. Uh, this was uh, called the the Great Christmas Attack. Uh, uh, at one point, we uh, got a... Uh, uh, someone called up to DIA and had DIA call tasking to us. Um uh, Ed Dames was the monitor on this, and uh, one by one we remote viewed. Uh, everyone was in on this except Ed. 
who uh, is is very prone to lead the viewers, and uh, we were we were sort of doing it just just to to you know show what can happen. Uh, the first viewer went in. We got all of this on tape, by the way. Uh, the first viewer went in and started giving just simple. Uh, you know, there are are live beings here. There are eight objects. Uh, in front of a uh, uh, an open aired vehicle and so forth. Uh, by the last viewer, by the time of the last viewer, which was me, uh, I was describing uh, runners instead of wheels and drawing a thing. You know, drawing the sleigh runners. Uh, I was describing bells jingling. <laughs> and that the uh, pilot's <laughs> uniform was red with white fuzzy trim. <laughs> and uh, and uh, when I went into the session and sat down, uh, Ed told me that, uh, you know, all the viewers are supposed to get his numbers. Uh, he told me that uh, we are experiencing a an attack from over the North Pole with open-aired helicopters which are coming down over the northern Canadian border. And what we're trying to do here is to find out their exact location and exactly what their targets are and and so forth. And uh, finally, at one point, I just uh, said something about the the pilot is speaking into his radio saying, Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that's about the time... uh, I think when I said that, everyone else who was in the uh, monitor room where the TV monitor was yeah. laughed so loud that uh, you could hear them through the walls, and that's about the time that uh, Ed caught on to to the to the great Christmas attack. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, all moments um, uh, in Stargate uh, were not uh, serious, dire moments. You guys had some fun. That's right. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I actually, this is the point, we actually had a lot of fun. Uh, uh, Lynn, particularly, uh, when things got a little wild, he'd, he'd put out uh, a uh, pseudo-newsletter called The Adventures of the Cyforce Five, yeah. <laughs> uh, some of which were very uh, hilarious, actually. How many of you were there in totality? Well, uh, Paul here, um, just like any unit or any organization that's in flux with, pe- flux with people moving in and out, uh, at any one time the answer would be different. Um, I think the mil- the most number of viewers we had in the organization at any one time was about seven. And then, uh, of course, with support personnel, you, you know, you had a, 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 the uh, operations officer, the branch chief, uh, secretarial, um, and, uh, you know, a couple of uh, monitors, analyst types. You know, so maybe roughly ten to a dozen would probably be uh, at the largest size it was. All right. Even given what you said about the politics of remote viewing and, you know, religious paradigms and all the rest of it uh, being challenged in the nature of the military people, fact is, if you guys really were able to do what you say you were able to do, you would be such a national asset that it's almost impossible for me to believe that the government would just say, okay, that's it, we quit, we're not going to do it anymore, we don't care what, what Muammar Gaddafi is doing, uh, or at least care to find out this way what he's doing, or any other bad hot spot in the world, uh, we give up, goodbye. 
Uh, it's hard to believe. I mean, it's just not like our government. Uh, they're they're hard bitten. They're pragmatic. Uh, but you all should know that. This is Joe. I'd, I'd like to respond to that directly. Um, it, that's true. That's one. That's one perception that that one might have about the government. Uh, however, um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the politics involve the managerial responsibilities for these for this program and. Uh, as the media has, uh, you know, blatantly shown since the November '95 uh, uh, exposure of the project, uh, the giggle factor goes up when someone starts talking about using psychics. Sure. And nobody that has a political career wants to be caught dead standing next to any of those psychics. Uh, in fact, we had tremendous support uh, from the Senate on down, and in. Uh, some very important positions in government, and when those people were asked to respond, in particular to the uh, Nightline program, uh, without exception, all of them responded positively, but refused to go in the air or state that publicly. All right, I'm not surprised. Um, you, all three of you have now turned to civil, civilian application for uh, remote viewing. Um, are there are there are there ethical and moral limits, or if I walk into one of your organizations with a whole bundle of money, and I say, look, I want to know what uh, Mitsubishi is going to produce in the following area, what they're doing. Will you do that for me? Uh, this is Lynn. I uh, have very definite moral and ethical limitations. There are certain things I will not teach. Uh, and basically, during the span of the course, just... Uh, learning the basics, there is so much to learn that uh, you don't really have time to learn all of those esoteric things anyway. Uh, now, Excuse me, Lynn. Wait, wait. Uh, there are certain things you won't teach. Uh, uh, I do not uh, even address the subject of remote influencing and won't. Um, oh. All three of you, I take it, agree remote influencing, which means, uh, by the way, folks, the ability at a distance uh, to influence what somebody else actually does. In other words, not just read their mind, but influence their mind. That uh, is, it is possible? Uh, remember, it's not remote control. It's remote influence. I understand. Right. Uh, the, I, I, um, go ahead, Len. Uh I want to uh, make one thing very clear, by the way. Uh, keeping the database, I kept all of the information on all of the projects, and at no time was there ever an official tasking to our unit or done by our unit uh, involving remote influencing. Anything that was done was done by individuals on their own time, and there was some experimentation and so forth, but at no time were we ever tasked to do that. Well, would it be your view, Lynn, uh, unofficially, that remote influencing is possible? I believe so. I uh, have collected the data and tried the experiments and have uh, come to the conclusion that it's extremely possible. My God. Then, you know, I, I, again, this brings me back to the military's apparent dismissal of this. Remote influencing would be of such intense interest to them. <coughs> Uh, that it just seems impossible to me that they would not fully explore it. Well, if you were a politician funding 
something, would you want to get caught funding remote influencing? Uh-uh, not me. Uh, I don't think any politician does. And, of course, any time you do something in government, there's always the chance of a leak and somebody finding out. But then it again, they political debt. Sure, but they don't want to get caught selling missiles to Iran either. Well, yeah, our and they did. Yeah, that's right. Our government does <laughs> lots of things that it, it might not otherwise want to get caught at. And the idea of being able to remotely influ influence uh, Boris Yeltsin uh, or Saddam Hussein or any of the well, other uh, big this guys. Is, this is Joe. I'd, I'd like to comment on that from a science standpoint. Sure. Um, I, as I said before, I've, I've been over 13 years with the Cognitive Sciences Lab and uh, there, there are a number of labs across America um, that have been involved in remote viewing research, and many of those labs have tried some some experimentation in the remote influencing arena. There has been some some very interesting and provocative results, which are still very much up in the air. Uh, so, if you were to say absolutely we can prove remote influencing, you would have to say no, we can't. But if you said that there probably that there is a high probability that it's possible, you would have to say yes. But all the research isn't in yet. That's so right. based on that, uh, I don't know how you would actually apply it and uh, be expectant of a uh, of an ability to validate the outcome. That's right. Um, and the experimentation I've done, uh, the experimentation I know is completely full of holes and could be shot down by, uh, you know, junior woodchuck scientists. Uh, but uh, I have uh, done the experiments to my satisfaction. I now believe that it can be done and quite easily. Uh, but as far as proof, I'm still waiting for proof myself. Um. Our president has done from time to time over the last several years things that seem utterly uncharacteristic. Have any of you had anything to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> Not I. Other than with my vote, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, without naming anybody, uh, would one of you say, oh, yes, I definitely, in my own mind, I believe that I definitely remotely influence somebody's action? Yes. Uh, this is what I was saying. I, I have convinced myself that it does work. Uh -huh. um, However, let me again repeat that it was never official. Never official. Mm -hmm. well, one of the, This is Joe. Uh, one of the problems here, Art, is... Um, when you start talking about remote influencing of other individuals and then you bring in uh, integrity and, uh, yes. and that sort of thing, oh, yes. uh, ethics, one of the problems that you become very heavily embroiled in, especially within America and especially within research, um, is the fact that there are human use considerations that have to be taken into consideration. And, and as, soon as, as soon as you have... Uh, sort of formally identified someone to participate in such an experiment and you have to tell them up front what's going on. Alright, gentlemen, hold tight uh, we'll be right back. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time.
Premier Network presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from March 25th, 1997. Good morning, everybody. If you are just joining us, you're not going to believe what you missed in the first hour. You may be able to catch up in this hour. My guests are from Project Stargate, the government's official remote viewing program, Lynn Buchanan. Joe McGonagall, I'll get that right, and Paul Smith, all three involved in the U.S. government's remote viewing Stargate project. We'll get right back to them. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from March 25th, 1997. Once again, all three gentlemen gathered around their old home uh, within miles of Washington, D.C., one way or the other. Lynn Buchanan, Joe McMonagall, and Paul Smith. Gentlemen, welcome back. Um, who would like to try and describe the difference, if possible, between technical remote viewing, so-called, and controlled remote viewing? Um, I. This is Lynn. Um, I have... Uh... Uh, talk to many of uh, Ed Dame's students. Uh, Structure-wise, I don't think there is that much of a difference. Um, uh, Ed, of course, sticks to the um, sticks pretty closely to the Ingo Swan structure, mm-hmm. and um, uh, retains the the uh, terminology that Ingo used. All right. So, now, in other words, there is not a lot of difference. There's not a lot. Now, Ingo uh, requested that people not use his terminology, and so uh, I started using basically uh, slang terms that the uh, students developed. Uh, for instance, uh, analytic overlay, which is basically your imagination taking over. Uh, uh, my students called stray cats. And so uh, I took over that terminology simply because Ingo uh, put out a, a little basic letter saying, uh, please don't use my terminology. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, basically, uh, I would say as far as terminology goes, Ed's is more, Ed's is closer to the original than, than anything I teach. Um, uh all right. May I structure-wise, they're I think they're basically the same. All right. May I ask this of all of you? Why do remote viewers generally not love each other? <laughs> well, uh, let me let me address that. Uh, I've been watching this on the net. Wait a minute. Who is this? Oh, I'm sorry. This is Lynn. Lynn. Okay. I've Lynn. been watching this on the net, and uh, if you look very closely, uh, the the concept or the feeling that all remote viewers are squared off at each other is a form of sort of disinformation in itself. Okay. The uh, people who are squared off at each other seem to be uh, Ed squared off at Dave, Dave squared off at Ed, uh, Ed and I, uh, Ed and Joe, Ed and uh, I think soon to be Ed and Paul, uh, Ed and uh, several other people. 
and if you may notice a pattern growing there. Uh, Why do you guys, let me restructure the question, why do you guys not love Ed? <laughs> uh, there are several reasons. One, um, uh, for one thing, uh, when he got out of service, he started, uh, he started giving classified information to the public oh. um, uh, while it was still classified. Uh, he uh, is making claims that he uh, ran the project, that he started the project, that it was, you know, that he briefed the president, and, and I mean, these are laughable things. Uh, it not true. Happen. You say not true. Uh, not true. All right. And, uh, oh, I'd, I'd like to make a comment here as well. Uh, this is Joe. Uh, Ed has also made claims that I've worked for him and uh, that sort of thing, and those are emphatically not true statements. Yeah, he said I worked for him, too, and I didn't. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's the facts. Uh, Mr. McGonigal has said that Ed Dames, yeah. uh, Ed Dames was never a remote viewer. Uh, with the government, but was simply a person who was employed to interview prospective candidates for the government remote viewing program. Could you please ask him to comment on that? Um, let, let me jump in yeah, there. Let Paul's this. Um, this is Paul. Okay, Paul. Um, that's actually not completely correct, uh, and it's no fault of Joe's because they didn't overlap. Uh, Ed came in on the scene uh, long after Joe was gone. Um, Ed actually did indeed do did participate in some operational remote viewing projects. Okay. However, that wasn't his primary function. Uh, he was indeed uh, 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 more an analyst, a tasker, uh, managing training and stuff. You know, he did. He 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 was kind of a jack of all trades in that regard. He wasn't hired primarily as a remote viewer, and only under exceptional circumstances did he do that. But he did indeed indeed did do some operational remote viewing. I got that he did one, didn't he? Uh, no, the he, hostage he, crisis. he's on for, on for a number. Uh, uh, I haven't gone through the list, but uh, I'd say uh, I saw at least six or seven that he was uh, listed as a viewer on. Oh, I, really? I didn't have that in. Yeah. I didn't remember that from my database. Uh, uh, this, this is Joe. I'd like to comment on my comment. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not an exact quote for what I said. All right. Um, the claim was made that... Um, by Ed uh, Dames that that he was the only person who who was qualified to train or or teach other people remote view and that he was the the most accurate remote viewer in uh, in the project and the only one who was a responsible viewer and my comment was that his primary job while he was with the unit was to to act as a monitor and interface with the the viewer in terms of uh, handling or setting up remote viewings and that he was not a primary trainer he may have trained uh, in the sense that he ran practice sessions and that sort of thing and, and that's okay that everybody had specific jobs within the unit um, and everyone performed as they were uh, required and I suspect that he performed you know righteously and did the job very very well okay. uh, where I have a problem is where he makes claims and then attributes them to himself when they, in fact, don't have anything to do with him. They had something to do with someone who perhaps is not even with us anymore today. In uh, private moments, uh, you gentlemen, have have you not referred to Ed Dames as Dr. Doom? Uh, this was a nickname that was given to him in the unit before he came to us. Uh, he was... Uh, 
who's called Dr. Doom over there, uh, he's been predicting doom, death, and destruction for years and years and years now. Uh-huh. Uh, would you say that he has seen things that the rest of you have not seen? That would be a fair assumption. This is Joe. <laughs> uh, and, and that's fine. Um, one of the remarkable things about remote viewing is that when you when you make a prediction or you make a statement about something, uh, one would hope that there would be some validity or some method by which you could prove validity or the veracity of the information. Sure. Uh, I could certainly choose or pick targets that are completely unverifiable and make all the claims I want, and that's okay. Um, they'll never be shown or proven one way or the other, but one would hope that if you're going to be making claims about remote viewing and its and its capabilities that you would be uh opening yourself to being tested in some way or producing information that can be verified. All right. Well, that uh opens up another topic and maybe a little bit in defense of Ed Dames. Um he's been on this program and said, I'm sure you're all familiar with the amazing Randy so-called. <laughs> yeah. um, Ed, Ed has been on this program and said, uh, as straight out, he accepts uh, Randy's challenge. There's something like a million dollars or now more sitting there waiting for somebody to prove psychic ability. Ed Dames has said, I accept. I called the amazing Randy, so-called, and asked him to come on. Uh, he sent a fax and said, okay, there's some numbers in my safe. Tell Ed to come up with these numbers. I said, that's not fair. Um, you're in control of the uh, of the numbers, and I, I don't like that. Uh, so how about coming on the program and setting up a structured test uh, with the uh, controls set up here on the program? And the amazing Randy, so-called, did not come on the program, would not come on the program. Um, do any of you feel that the amazing Randy's challenge could be uh, taken and met? Uh, as it stands, uh, he's he's basically a, a magician, a, a sleight of hand and sleight of mind. Uh, and if you if anyone does things on his terms, uh, he wins. I don't care if you were a hundred percent accurate uh, doing it on his terms. You would you would uh, you would be subject to a magician's sleight of hand. And uh, I mean it's a it's a gimmick, uh, you know, that he uses for for his own uh, popularity and so forth. Okay, but if yes, but if if the controls were set up uh, independently uh, from Mr. Randy, then he wouldn't participate. That's correct. <laughs> and so that's why he wouldn't come on the program. Sure. Right. This is Joe. I'd, I'd like to to say something about that. He he doesn't accept the current scientific controls that have been verified, proven, and used across uh, 9 to 11 labs in the world. And so he's not hardly going to come on your show, Art, and, and establish a, a valid or reasonable protocol and allow someone to attempt to do the remote viewing. So I have to support Ed in, in, uh, in this because he, he really hasn't been proffered the opportunity to uh, demonstrate under a, an appropriate protocol. Well, basically, uh, the amazing Randy wrote back to me and said, I won't come on your program because I can't be in the studio with you. Well, either is Ed Dames. He's on the phone. He said, further, CNN has made yourself and myself uh, an offer to 
do a weekly program. It is true. CNN has approached me and has approached Randy to do a kind of point-counterpoint program. And uh, I feel it would, uh, it would water down that program, and so I don't want to come on your show. All reasons that I considered unreasonable uh, in terms of trying to set something up to, to really meet this challenge. I, I agree. Uh, we're, we're, this is Joe. Um, where, where he essentially wants to hold all the marbles and, and make all the rules, um, that's in itself an uh, invalidation of a, a truly scientific test. Uh, these things have to be open for discussion and bantering and, and argument, uh, in, and they are so within uh, normal science. So he, he's actually violating the very rules that he is, says he has established. Is it possible, gentlemen, to view uh, into the future or the past? This is Paul. Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, the past is easier to do. Uh, the future is a little bit harder. Uh, but it, it 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 is it can be done. It has been done a lot, and and uh, continues to be done. I suspect um, many of the training sites uh, we had at the old unit uh, involved past uh, well, retrocognition, if you will, uh, viewing uh, events in the past, and uh, it worked very well. It, it worked as well as real time. Wow. One of the problems. This is Joe. One of the problems you might you might run into in remote viewing the future. Uh, if you go out too many years, you may you may in fact have a 100% correct remote viewing, but uh, since it it involves some something that might pertain to technology or something that we don't yet know about, uh, there's no conceptual conceptualization uh, that you can put it in, no order that will make sense. So uh, you you run into some tech, technical problems. Uh, when you remote view the past, there's an even more interesting problem. Uh, history is sort of mobile, and uh, history seems to be written to support whatever the political or social requirements of the present are. <laughs> That's right. So you open a bucket of worms where you, you have to be willing to then take on and defend whatever you've said against the anthropologists, theologians. Uh, and the revisionists. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, Ed Dames has said, and I wish to ask you all about this, that there is, uh, in the next few years, a point past which he really cannot see. Uh, he sees some large event which he can't quite discern, which he describes as possibly a spiritual event of some sort, a massive spiritual event. Have any of you seen or sensed this? This is Paul. Um, of course, being as close as we are to the turn of the millennium, uh, just like the last time a millennium came around, there's a lot of uh, hysteria almost. And I think they, in fact, they use the word hysteria when they talk about it historically, uh, about cataclysms and all that sort of thing. Um, I'm not saying Ed has fallen prey to that, but uh, it's certainly something to be concerned about. Uh, a lot of people are talking about end times and, uh, you know, the uh, book of Revelations uh, you know, has all kinds of things in it that people seem to be seeing happening now. I'm not going to say those things aren't going to happen, uh, but we have to be especially cautious when we deal, first of all, in the future, because uh, there, there are a lot of uh, technical problems with remote viewing in the future, uh, and second of all, dealing with uh, very emotional-laden uh, issues such as, you know, end times, cat coming cataclysms and things like that. Uh, this I'm, not, I'm not sure that's an answer to the question. Uh, is there a point past which... Oh, well, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have not experienced that. 
All right. Um, and, and, and nobody I've talked to has, has had that experience that Ed is claiming. Right. Um, doesn't mean he's wrong, but uh, I myself am rather dubious. Uh, this is Lynn. I uh, uh, heard that, you know, by the year 2000, uh, the entire British Isles will be wiped clean of life and so forth, and uh, that sort of surprised me because I had done a session for... Um, a series of sessions for a company, and uh, it involved looking into the year 2005. Mm-hmm. And at that time, uh, it was generally life as usual in the British Isles. All uh, right, there are some real-world things going on, uh, Lynn, that I would like to ask you and uh, the other two about. Um, frogs, indicator species, are beginning to uh, grow uh, extra... Uh, limbs, they're becoming deformed, uh, they're becoming uh, multicolored in various ways. Um, all kinds of things, uh, a deformed fish, uh, we are beginning to see changes in our ecology. Uh, do any of you that have been able to look into the future see where this ecological problem is going? Well, th- this is Joe. I'd like to respond uh, with a comment, and then I'll, I'll answer it directly. Um, th- these are not new phenomena. Uh, deformed frogs, fish, that sort of thing have been occurring, as well as deformed cows, chickens, snakes, that sort of thing, across history. Uh, the, the media's attitude towards reporting those things has changed drastically in the, in the last uh, probably 10 to 15 years as a result of the public's interest in those things. Um, in terms of what we may be seeing in the future, there's no doubt in my mind, just based on what you read in Scientific American or any other you know, valid uh, uh, research uh, reporting document that there probably are effects from uh, the ozone depletion and uh, chemicals in the air and the toxicity that we put into our water that we're now going to be paying dearly for for some time. Okay, but that's... Uh, that, that's you reading the headlines the way I do. I, I was, I guess, I was asking more about what might have been actually remote viewed or what you might have sensed. Uh, let me uh, jump in here, if I might. Uh, it was sometime last year that uh, the prediction was made about the frogs mutating and so forth. Yes. However, uh, I have right here on the computer a copy of the New York Times from May. Uh, March of 1994, talking about uh, frog mutations, and another one from the Associated Press on 95, talking about it. Well, uh, you know, I can remote view things that have already happened. Anybody can do that. (laughs) That's easy. Uh, uh, I can, you know, it's easy to predict things that have already happened. Uh, All right. Let me me pull away from this. you guys are going to have too much, ha- already having too much fun with this. <laughs> um, let's talk about the past for a second. Uh, one obvious target in the past of immense interest to people worldwide is whether there was really a man who walked the earth who was the son of God called Christ. Uh, it must have been uh, for you at some time an inevitably tempting target. Um this is Lynn. Uh, I had done a series of, uh, of sessions on uh, Colombian drug lords, uh, Hussein, Gaddafi, and so forth, 
and uh, was. I tell really you what, Lynn, may I interrupt you because we're at the bottom of the hour, and I, right. I like cliffhangers, so we'll come directly back to this. <laughs> Lynn Buchanan, Joe McMonagle, and Paul Smith, all members of Project Stargate, the U.S. military's remote viewing project, are my guests. It is a gathering of eagles, and it's kind of rare, so stick with us. Interesting stuff, and you just heard what's coming. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up. to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from March 25th, 1997. And my guests, Lynn Buchanan, Joe McMonagall, and Paul Smith, all back within several hundred miles of Washington, D.C., one way or the other, all involved in the military's project Stargate. They'll be right back. Coast AM sure sounds great in the middle of the night. But you know, you don't have to be nocturnal to enjoy this amazing show. The Coast Insider is your key to a normal life. For 15 cents a day, you can wake up refreshed knowing that last night's show is waiting for you with podcasting. Listen on your way to work and again on the way home. Or listen to one of over a thousand archived shows from the past three years. As a member, you'll have access to our monthly live chat sessions with George Nouri and special guests. The Coast Insiders Club is a must-have feature for all Coast to Coast AM listeners. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up today. You'll sleep like a baby, knowing you'll never miss your favorite guests and topics ever again. Remember, a one-year subscription comes out to only 15 cents a day. Sign up today at coasttocoastam.com. Looking for the truth? You'll find it on Coast to Coast AM. 
not everything is cut and dry. And I think people will look at events and say, who profits, who benefits, and then they back into it with their theories, which many people would say are conspiracies. I mean, there's no question there's a facet of government that wants to take guns off the street. Not just assault weapons, but pure right. guns. They want to get them out of Americans' hands. In order to do that, you need tragedies and events like we had in Connecticut in order to create the stimulus to get the legislature and people behind that in order to say, you know what, they're right, we don't need this, we don't need that. So I think when you look at that whole picture, as bizarre as it sounds, because you cannot see a conspiracy at every event, but you will look at these events and say, see, this is what they've created in order to get people to think this way. Bottom line is people don't trust other people, and that's why they create all these things. Now, we take you back to the past on Art Bell Somewhere in Time. All right, back now to Lynn Buchanan, Joe McMonagall, and Paul Smith. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we left off at an interesting point. I had asked whether whether anybody had remote viewed Jesus. Was he on this earth? Was he the son of God? What do you know, if anything? Um, this is Lynn. Yes, Lynn. Uh, I had started a, uh, an old war story here. Uh, I had been doing the bad guys for, for weeks and weeks, and I went into the director and I said, look, just once, give me Mother Teresa or Bozo the Clown or something. These these targets are killing me. And uh, the answer was, uh, your soldiers suck it up, do your job. However, a couple of days later, I went in and uh, the monitor took the sealed envelope and said the target is a person. Uh, I started the session, and my first comment was, Whatever you think this guy did, he didn't do it. <laughs> and uh, uh, as the session went on, wow. I just uh, got this glow from from uh, being in contact with this person. And uh, at the end of the session, the monitor opened up the envelope, and uh, there was one word in the middle of the page, and it said, Jesus. Uh, wow. I didn't establish in that session whether or not... Jesus was the Son of God, or or whatever. But in that way, I feel honored to have met the most holy person I have ever met in my entire life, and one uh, the meeting of whom I think I think changed parts of my life. Um, uh, that that one session I think was was a turning point for certain parts of my life. Wow. It's very significant. Um, so you established that there was such a person. Would you say that much? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. I, uh, this is Joe. I, I would support what Lynn just said. Uh, I, I have had the experience of, uh, if you could call uh, Jesus a target, <laughs> I have had the experience of, of doing some information in that regard. And likewise, I have also uh, had the experience with uh, the other great prophets as well, uh, Muhammad, uh, Buddha, um, some of the other great religious leaders. And there's a, a great deal of similarity in most of them. 
and a uh, great deal of similarity in the original uh, the original constructs that they delivered. Uh, I do find that over history, however, uh, my information has shown that uh, mankind has altered considerably some of those uh, messages. Uh, do you see all of the ones that you mentioned uh, as being from the same creative source? Absolutely. I, this is Joe. I, I would say absolutely. Um, there, if you could refer to uh, refer to this being as an energy, you would have to say it all comes from the same source, the same as uh, man comes from the same source. Uh, this is Lynn. People quite often ask me if, in uh, in doing the remote viewing, I have uh, changed my, you know, have become disenchanted with religion, and my answer is always no. If anything, I have become more religious and more dedicated to the spiritual side. Uh, my views have changed against the church, about the church. I understand. But, uh, you know, the organized church. But if anything, you, you, you would all say you have become more spiritual? Absolutely. I, this, this is Joe. I, I, I would have to underscore what Len said and, and agree with him 100%. Paul? Yeah, I, uh, um, I'm actually a, a Mormon. And uh, some people ask, well, has this affected your beliefs, you know, negatively? And, in fact, it's done just the opposite. Uh, uh, it strengthened my beliefs in, in a lot of the uh, the principles that I've learned growing up, and uh, uh, it, it's amazing how it all dovetails with things that you've you've learned and all, or always knew somehow. You know, it's eerie listening to the three of you agree like this. Um, all right, it happens so seldom. <laughs> uh, Remote viewers do agree now and then. <laughs> does anybody know why uh, it was called Operation Stargate in the first place? I've always wondered. Uh, yes, uh, they went around the office uh, taking names. They said that uh, on that one, they said that uh, we would have the opportunity to pick our own names. And the uh, uh, pool we got together, I think the best name that came up from it was Stargate. Uh, that was the only time we had a chance to pick our own name. When was that? Oh, that was in... Uh, I'm horrible with dates. That was in uh, 90, I mean, 86. Oh, hold, on, hold on a second. No, it wasn't. <laughs> he is horrible with dates. <laughs> I, I really am, yeah. Um, Stargate, actually, the, the program actually started out in 78 as uh, uh, its, its name then was Gondola Wish. Um, the military has a way of picking code names where they just kind of randomly select two names and put them together. Um, like and that's the way the program was named <laughs> for the first while. Uh, Gondola Wish, and then it turned to Center Lane in the no, early Gr 80s. Grill and Flame next. Oh. I'm sorry. Well, well, Grill Flame actually was kind of the umbrella name. Uh, D.I. Yeah, well, but Joe was right. It, it did have a name of Grill Flame for a while. Um, and then Center Lane, and then uh, Sunstreak was its, uh, its name in 86. Uh, when it went from uh, Army INSCOM to DIA... I'm sorry, uh, let me apologize here. Sunstreak is the one where we chose our own name. 
Oh, and uh, we don't know how Stargate right. came about. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. <laughs> it happened. That happened in in uh, probably '93 after all of us were gone. All right. Well, in the interest of uh, stopping this, <laughs> uh, the reason I asked is because there was a movie, as you all well know, called Stargate, and I was wondering if your name might have been the genesis for that. I seriously doubt it. <laughs> Actually, there was a, a science. This is Paul again. A science fiction novel written by Andre Norton, oh, probably 30 years ago, maybe called Stargate, that had to do with a, a, a device that you could walk through and it put you on another planet. That's and I right. suspect they may have got the name from that. That's what I thought. All right. Uh, this is Joe. Can I just throw in a comment? I I don't want you know people read detail out of this and and a lot of misconceptions grow from it. Uh, I I was a member of the project. Um, until its uh, termination in November, uh, albeit I was working on the science and research side of it. Were you surprised at its termination? Uh, this is Joe again. Um, yes, I was. Um, in fact, the AIR report uh, supports the, the realization that uh, there probably is something to remote viewing, and it probably that psychic functioning does exist in it. And it is probably of some value. Their actual comment uh, with regard to the unit was that they found that there was not sufficient evidence uh, that it was supporting intelligence. However, historically, uh, that's not a reality. Uh, the actual project was literally approved on a year-to-year -year basis uh, based on what it was doing in terms of support to intelligence, the intelligence community at large. And uh, based on those findings by oversight committees during that entire 19-year period or 18-year period, it uh, was approved uh, based on the effectiveness. Well, so, you say year to year on the effectiveness. So um, then after 20 years of approvals, uh, how did they suddenly decide it was a failure? Well, they, they essentially they reviewed the last year only. Uh, they were directed to review the entire 20 years, which was an impossibility in a three-month period that they were given to do the review. Uh, secondary to that, um, the people actually doing the review did not have the appropriate clearances for accessing the the grand uh, numbers of uh, files. Uh, probably 90, 95% of the project was never reviewed. They were never allowed access to it. Uh, also, there was uh, some very specific marching orders given to the scientists initially on what they would review. So it was a stacked deck. Uh, it was a bogus report to start with. All right. I must ask this, and so I will. Uh, from Arkansas, Art, ask your guests outright, are there aliens, are there ETs here on Earth or in our vicinity or at all? If so, where and who knows about it? I believe you'll be surprised at the answer uh, if they are honest. <laughs> what, a, what a setup. All right. What about it, guys? Let's start with Lynn. Go ahead, Lynn. Oh, okay. Uh, I am firmly convinced that there are. Oh. Do I need to elucidate? Or, I mean, uh, well, I, 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 I'll pass it on to everyone else first. Okay. Uh, Lynn, you say there are. Anybody else? No, this is Paul. I, I, I'm convinced there are myself uh, based on remote viewing. Um, to the degree, the extent, what their involvement is with the human race, I'm not even going to venture opinions on that. Uh, I think there are too many opinions already <laughs> as far as all that's concerned. But I, I, I am convinced that there are uh, what we would call aliens and that what we would call extraterrestrial uh, conveyances, you know, UFOs, so to speak. Uh, this is Joe. I, 
um, in in my response, I'm going to be probably a little bit more specific. Um, All right. I one of the problems I have is the definition for alien, and there's a lot of constructs that immediately jump to mind when someone brings that subject up. I I believe, uh, based on my remote viewing and my experiences, that uh, that UFOs are real. Uh, let me say that up front. I have not seen any evidence that there are aliens associated with UFO phenomena. I've, I've not seen direct proof of that. However, uh, within the context of aliens, I would have to say that uh, also based on my experiences, um, I believe that there are uh, entities that people would perhaps call alien, but that doesn't get, guarantee that they're extraterrestrial. They could be, um, and they could be essentially time travelers, uh, extra-dimensional uh, projections. They could sure. be almost anything. Sure. And I don't think we possess sufficient proof to say one way or the other yet what they might be. Good answer, Joe. Uh, yes, very. <laughs> however, all of you agree there's certainly something out there other than us. Well, this is Joe again. Um, this isn't a new issue, Art. This, is, this has been around for 2,000 years that we know of, and it will continue to be around because those are simply experiences that, uh, that people are having. And uh, while we may not be able to say specific, very much specifically about it other than they are experiences, doesn't mean that it should not be properly investigated or, or looked at. Uh, what happens, unfortunately, is that a lot of the data is uh, is mixed with disinformation or it's collected improperly or poorly, and, and we wind up with some very interesting uh, concepts about it, but we, we don't get any closer to the truth. Uh, All right. Uh, are, there, are there aspects of uh, Stargate that the three of you are still unable to discuss publicly. Yes, of course. Uh, I would have to say about 95% of it. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, absolutely. So when they said Stargate is declassified, they only generally meant the fact that it existed? That's uh, generally so, yes. Uh -huh. Well, here's Paul. Um, the, the biggest body of, of material that's still classified and, and probably ought to remain classified deals with the actual projects themselves. And the reason for that is not the connection with remote viewing, but the connection with other intelligence sources and means. Um, there is material on some of that, some of those projects that would, uh, that could potentially harm our uh, intelligence collection capability. Uh, it might uh, disclose the existence of some uh, human source that we have, you know, and, and uh, human put them at risk. Or, you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff in there that isn't even involved with remote viewing that that is sensitive to and uh, important to uh, American security. I would agree with that. Uh, All right, you made a rather startling statement, one of you, uh, that Ed Dames, you felt, disclosed some classified material before its time. Uh, uh, well. This is Lynn. Yes, Lynn. Um, not only on uh, on a few uh, TV shows, uh, I think there's one called The Other Side or something like that, and uh, radio shows, but also um, I was down in Atlanta one time uh, working with a student, and I had the chance to meet a person named uh, Courtney Brown, mm -hmm. who was going to put out a book. Uh, this book was about the Stargate project, and he asked me to take a uh, copy of the manuscript that he had and read it. And in the first chapter of the manuscript, now remember, everything was still classified, highly classified. Um, in the first chapter of the manuscript was the 
list of names of all of the viewers. Uh, I went back and I said, uh, I said, Courtney, you can't, you can't publish this, and uh, and uh, you know, if you do, they'll they'll confiscate your book or something. And, and anyway, I got him to take that first chapter out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked him, where did you get this information? And he said, well, I got it from Ed. Uh, when I was a kid watching, you know, the old World War II movies and all, I knew that the absolute worst treason that any agent could ever do was give the names of the other agents. Uh, I mean, you, you, you bite the cyanide pill and die before you do that. And yet here was the entire list uh, for the purpose of being published while this was still a... Uh, a classified thing. Now, the reason that upset me so much was because um, of another incident where Ed, at a meeting, had gotten up and told what I had done uh, against Hussein. And uh, I called him on the phone and I said, Ed, these are crazy people with guns. And uh, I've got a family here. And he just blew it off. Well, the only purpose I could find for giving those names to Courtney to publish in that book while it was still classified uh, deals with the idea of targeting for remote viewing. Uh, if you have a name, basically you have an address. And uh, the uh, history of Russian uh, parapsychology has been more aimed at remote influencing than uh, remote viewing or data collection and uh, I saw I could still find no other reason for giving that information to Courtney than to have something happen to us and uh, that upset me very much and uh, uh, I stayed around while Courtney not only took the first chapter out but also deleted it from his computer Uh, I wanted to make absolutely certain it was completely gone. Look, guys, uh, we're at the top of the hour. Anybody here have to bail out, or can you stick around a little bit? I can stay on for a while. Uh, I'll stay on for it. All right, done. Uh, Then there they are. This is kind of a gathering of the eagles, something you will not frequently hear. Perhaps never has been done before. I don't know. My guests are Lynn Buchanan. Joe McMonagle will get that eventually, and Paul Smith, all three in the military project known as Stargate. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time.
we take you back to the past on Art Bell Somewhere in Time. A gathering of eagles. From Project Stargate, the military's remote viewing project, my guests are Lynn Buchanan, Joe McMonagle, and Paul Smith, all within several hundred miles, respectively, of what used to be home base in uh, our nation's capital. And we'll get back to them in a moment. Coast to Coast AM sure sounds great in the middle of the night. But you know, you don't have to be nocturnal to enjoy this amazing show. The Coast Insider is your key to a normal life. For 15 cents a day, you can wake up refreshed knowing that last night's show is waiting for you with podcasting. As a member, you'll have access to our monthly live chat sessions with George Nouri and special guests. The Coast Insiders Club is a must-have feature for all Coast to Coast AM listeners. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up today. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from March 25th, 1997. All right, back now uh, to my guest, and I will ask for the sake of the radio audience, once again, that they all identify themselves by uh, their first name, at least, as they speak. Otherwise, it is confusing. Lynn Buchanan, Joe McMonagall, and Paul Smith, all once again back. Gentlemen, uh, before we get started, I would like to ask you, my webmaster is listening. We've got a uh, link right now to the home page for controlled remote viewing. Yes. If you would like any other links up, um, uh, say so now, and we'll get them up right away. Uh, yes, this is, this is Joe. Um, the Cognitive Sciences Lab link is uh, uh, worldwideweb.jsasoc.com, C-O-M, slash, tilde, C-S-L, slash, Index, I-N-D-E-X dot H-T-M-L. Okay, I got it. Uh, so I assume my web, webmaster did. It will be up within minutes. Any others? Um, uh, you, there are two. We're opening up a new uh, portion of the web page for the controlled remote viewing. Uh, is the one that you have paradigm dash sys? Uh, let me see. Yes, it is. Okay. There is another as well, and it's the older one. Uh, for those who don't have uh, graphics capabilities or uh, uh, don't want the graphics capabilities, you know, because they're overseas and, and want the faster transmission, uh, there is another one, which is www.ameritel.com. Dot net n e t slash l u s e r s stands for local users right slash r v i e w e r r viewer and then it ends with a slash. Uh, can any of you remote view the day when these damn World Wide Web addresses will get shorter and easier? <laughs> All right, we will get those up. Um, 
now, before we leave the subject of aliens or dimensional beings or whatever it is that you all sense and agree uh, would be out there, uh, one obvious target in this area uh, would have been the Roswell episode. And I've got a, a person faxing me from Los Angeles saying, uh, somebody must have tackled that one. Has anybody looked at Roswell? And if so, what have you determined? Uh, I can I can respond to that first, I guess. This is Joe. Okay, Joe. Um, I, I had a private client who actually targeted me against Roswell, and uh, at the time I, of course, was totally blind to the actual target. And uh, what I produced was essentially a uh, very accurate description of the location that was being targeted in Roswell, which is the believed crash site. Uh, there were some indications that there probably was an incident there, but it did not involve an alien craft. It involved uh, a possible mid-air collision between uh, uh, some earth earthbound traffic uh, and probably involved uh, some materials that were sensitive. And hence, uh, then, of course, the story about the weather balloon. Yes, I... It, the data I had did not specifically match a weather balloon, but uh, it, it did uh, indicate that there was probably an event, but it was probably not a uh, alien associated. All right. Uh, Joe, um, a fax for you from Orange County. Uh, Art, in reading Joseph's book, Mind Trek, which, by the way, I thought was a great book, he talks about a stage in which he sees creatures or ghosts or spirits and uh, the person wants to know, does everybody who remote views eventually get there? Uh, in, in regard to what, what they're referencing are uh, some chapters in there where I was discussing uh, my interaction with uh, what you might call entities that uh, took, this took place essentially as an experience outside of remote viewing. I, I want to make that very clear. Uh, while these these may have been a personal experience uh, that I think is valid, uh, they they were not. This information was not obtained vis-a-vis uh, -vis remote viewing. Um, I I believe it, it's my personal belief uh, based on 19 years of participation in the project and in the remote viewing that I've done. It's my personal belief that um, that we are by nature. Uh, essentially existing in two worlds, uh, one foot in the physical and one foot in the spiritual. Uh, and to ignore the experiences from a spiritual side would be tantamount to cutting off the left leg, so to speak. So, All right. Uh, uh, here, well, then here's another good question. Other than the remote viewing of Christ, um, can any of you or do any of you, aside from your personal religious beliefs, uh, in, in, in the context of remote viewing, is it possible to confirm the fact that there is life beyond the physical? I, I, I will answer that. Uh, this is Joe again. Uh, in my opinion, yes. Uh, but it's not life as we know it, the physical. It's, it's obviously something else. Right. And uh, I, I believe that uh, we do have frequent interactions with uh, what might be termed as, as entities or spiritual beings and that uh, they have profound impact on us as uh, spiritual spiritual beings ourselves and that those types of experiences are have the because of the profound impact of them have exactly the same effect as if you were run over by a Mack truck in the physical mm -hmm. world so 
they should be paid attention to. Uh, and that's up to each individual as to what they do with that. All right, this is for all three of you. Uh, in the process of learning or uh, in the process of remote viewing, is there any danger to the remote viewer? This is Paul. Um, I don't think so. Uh, in, in my entire time with the program, I, I never experienced myself or heard of anyone else experiencing anything that would be considered dangerous. Uh, I know there are claims out there to the contrary, but, uh, um, you know, I, I just don't know where that's coming from. I... Well, a dangerous to the psyche of the remote viewer. In other words, that you might see things, for example, that uh, uh, would drive a person over the edge. Uh, this is Lynn. Could I jump in here for a second? Yes. Um, for each person, when you establish a sort of contact between your conscious and subconscious mind, sometimes there are things that your subconscious and conscious have been waiting for 20 years to say to each other. <laughs> and there's a period of time, generally, when uh, a person gets very sensitive, very uh, uh, reactive to things, uh, fly off the handle easily and so forth. Uh, but that gets over with. Uh, any real danger that comes to a person, I think, is basically caused by the fact that the subconscious is harboring a danger that is then let loose. Um, I have never had any, or even actually known any, person who has had a, uh, a remote viewing session where the session itself or the target itself uh, had a had a danger to the viewer. Uh, I think what you carry into the learning process for remote viewing may be a danger to you, but that danger's been there all along anyway. I I'd like to add something to that, Lynn. I I this is Joe. I I agree with what Lynn and uh, Paula both said. I've never had a bad experience in remote viewing. But I would like to uh, underscore the fact that uh, this is a very interesting uh, experience, remote viewing or being psychic, and there are a lot of people that uh, that are on the edge to start with, and when they're exposed to the changes, the rather radical changes in their, their beliefs or their constructs, uh, it can be very undermining or damaging to the psyche. And uh, there is evidence that a lot of people do sort of step off the edge and lose touch with reality. In other words, they become uh, pretty much in, in, uh, involved or are caught up in the, the irrationality of it or the, uh, they lose their stability or their ability to deal uh, skeptically with the material and what's going on. Have any of you, while remote viewing uh, any target, ever sensed or... Uh, felt or understood there was an, another remote viewer um, uh, in the area, so to speak. In other um, words, it met another remote viewer. Uh, yes. Uh, I did on, on several occasions meet a... Uh, now, let me preface this by saying that uh, there was never any proof, but in several sessions I did, generally at random, I met a Chinese remote viewer oh. uh, and uh, actually over a period of, of time of several meetings uh, sort of struck up a, a very good relationship there 
However, there's no proof of that. I never got feedback on it because, of course, we never knew uh, uh, anything about the project or if there was a project or who the remote viewers were for China and so forth. Would it but be your view there? Yeah. Right. Would it be your view they are probably still uh, still have a project of that sort, either in China or Russia? Uh, this is this is Joe. I can respond to that. I can say most emphatically that uh, there are a number of countries: Russia, China, Hungary, uh, a, n a number of other countries that are very heavily involved in pursuing remote viewing and uh, researching it. Uh, it would be silly to suspect that they weren't using it for uh, the obvious reasons that it can be used for. Mm -hmm. uh, then for that reason, uh, uh, above all the others I've, I've heard so far, it, again, it's so hard to imagine that our own government would not do it knowing there are others out there doing it. Uh, so if I had to make a guess, I'd say we're still doing it, but you guys say no. Well, here, this is Paul. Um, of course, anything is possible. You know, um, there's quite an extensive security, uh, secrecy inf infrastructure in the government, and it, it is, of course, feasible that maybe there is still somewhere buried deep yes. inside Langley or someplace yes. a program. Um, I also, like Joe, I, I I've actually made inquiries of of some contacts I have fairly deep in the system. And as far as they've been able to determine, there's nothing going on. And uh, I can actually believe that. Uh, just knowing the attitude of many of the very influential people out there uh, in the government who disapproved heartily of the program, I can believe that, that, uh, that it's been written off, not because it didn't work, but because they were not comfortable with it. Well, then this is a very serious national security question. If China and Russia and Hungary and other countries are doing this, shouldn't we be? Absolutely. This is Lynn. Uh, let me let me say that uh, you're talking to security people here, and so sure. you watch for words. Uh, when you asked this of uh, Joe a while ago, his comment was that he doesn't know of any. Uh, I would say the same thing. However, uh, to say that no, there is not, or yes, there is. Uh, I don't know of any, and I've had uh, my friends and contacts, which are also very deep, uh, don't know of any. Uh, when people ask me about the uh, closure of the project, I say, yes, this project has been fully closed. And uh, if they ask me about any others, I, I very carefully word it by saying that the United <laughs> States is the only country I know of which has closed their remote viewing project. Okay, okay, okay. then let me carefully word a question. Good. Uh, if the three of you knew of an ongoing project, uh, here we are on the air, mm -hmm. could you say it? I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. <laughs> All right. Well, would that, I. That, uh, that, that helps. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, and, of course, our answers might be different uh, otherwise as well. Uh, yeah. I don't know exactly how I'd respond to it. Maybe no comment or something, but, uh, but uh, you know, we certainly wouldn't uh, reveal it, particularly because we know... Uh, how important it could be, we wouldn't want to jeopardize it. That's right. But the fact of the matter is, uh, I'm pretty convinced both Joe and Lynn are the same with me, we really don't know of anything going on and can indeed believe that it, it got the legs cut out from under us. <laughs> uh, let, let, let me ask you something, Art. Um, sure. You know, I, I can understand your disbelief that, that somebody wouldn't be paying attention to this. 
but I can tell you from experience that uh, there are there are actually people in the government in very high positions that believe that psychic still believe that psychic functioning or use of remote viewing is a violation of uh, of spiritual and theologic reasoning. Mm-hmm. And are vehemently and and uh, argumentatively against it, just based on religious grounds. So, uh, how do you deal with people that that are still holding to? Well, I guess uh, I, I would ask you when Langley got religion. Well, I'm, I'm not talking. Langley's not the approval authority. Uh, let me also ask a question here. Uh, are you asking us whether or not our government has done something stupid? <laughs> uh, I guess I am. I guess yeah. I am. Yes. I, I think it might not be the first time it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, look, we talked a little while ago about remote influencing. To the average person, that's really frightening, the ability to influence another's uh, thoughts or actions at a distance. Um, so an obvious follow-up question to that is, uh, would there be a defense against an attempt to remotely influence. And, uh, this is Joe. Let me, uh, I had responded to that earlier, and uh, there's an additional comment I can make in that regard. Uh, while there is evidence that there probably is a capacity for some form of remote influencing, the, the problem has been that uh, because of ethical and human use reasons, uh, whenever those experiments are done, you have to inform the person, the target individual, that they're participating in a remote influencing experiment. And as long as those particular rules are in existence, it would be tantamount to impossible to know whether or not remote influencing is actually taking place as a result of uh, uh, unknown targeting or whether or not by virtue of the fact the person knows they're involved in that kind of experiment, they're actually... Uh, willing, willingly opening themselves to being targeted. So it, it's an issue that probably won't be answered until someone has come about uh, with a, an approved protocol that can target individuals without them knowing or unwitting targeting. Well, there's a lot of uh, talk going on now about influencing of a different sort uh, by the Chinese with regard to our present administration. And one would have to imagine if there is a Chinese project and if remote influencing is possible, that would have been an obvious uh, a major uh, project. Uh, would you all agree? Uh, Mr. Joe, I, I, I would agree, except that I haven't seen any evidence that the Chinese are, in fact, doing that. So uh, it's sort of a moot, moot question, and I'm not sure how anyone would, would evaluate the results of that. There have been, this is Paul, uh, there have been a lot of reports about the Soviets having been involved in that in the past. Um, but it's mostly kind of rumors and, and, and such. Uh, again, no evidence. Of course, a thing of this nature would be hard to prove anyway. But uh, there were some interesting and quite wild stories about what the Soviets could or might be doing. So. I'll bet there are. All right, gentlemen, hold tight. We'll be right back to you. Uh, a gathering of eagles, I'm calling it. Lynn Buchanan. Joe McMonagall and Paul Smith, all involved in Project Stargate for the U.S. government, which ran for 20 years using your tax dollars to remote view. I'm Art Bell. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from March 25th, 1997. 
Theater Network presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from March 25th, 1997. Good morning, everybody. Lynn Buchanan, Joe McMonagle, and Paul Smith, all in the government's Project Stargate, are my guests. Just wait till you hear what's coming up. Listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from March 25th, 1997. Back now to my guests and gentlemen. Uh, I have a fax here from Ed Dame's secretary that says the following, and I would like you to react to it. Art. With respect to treason, remember that General Stubblebine, the commander of INSCOM, whatever that is, was chairman of the board of SciTech when Ed went public in 1989. Uh, would, that, would that affect anybody's comment with regard to the re release of uh, classified material? Uh, I would ask if this uh, exonerates Ed Dames. Uh, I mean, does this mean that he didn't do what he did? I, I will add to that. This is Joe. Um, one of the one of the normal procedures for for finding something out is to um, to claim that uh, someone else has already told you, and uh, then it's just a matter of validating the information by getting it from someone else. Um, this is a, a pretty common ploy, and it's used by the media representatives many times in newspaper articles and things of that nature. Because someone else said it doesn't make it true, and it certainly is no valid reason for violating a uh, the oath that an officer makes or the security oath that someone is committed to. In Ed Dame's case, um, I would rather not comment directly on him, but... Uh, I, I don't see it as a valid reason for what he may or may not have done. Yeah, I, I'd like to kind of weigh in a little bit on Ed's defense here. Um, I think treason is too strong a term here. Uh, treason implies that you're providing um, damaging information to a known enemy. Uh, Ed didn't do that. Um, he was, you know, in the various uh, venues in which he released whatever information he did, um, he was, and perhaps, you know, I don't know what his motivation was, but he, he didn't intend for that information necessarily to be used by an enemy or, or, uh, or someone who wished to harm the United States. You know, well, of course, uh, by releasing it publicly, you lose control of that information, and you don't know what use it will be put to. But well, that still doesn't constitute treason in the. Oh, let me ask you something. Uh, do you know of any country in the world that doesn't have a? Uh, Open source literature uh, office. I mean, San Marino has has a little guy that sits in the uh, building. You know, right? And 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 you and and the point I made was once you've said it, you don't know who's going to hear it. But intent is part of the the definition of treason. If you intend to uh, release information to a known enemy, that's treason. If you're just spewing it out, uh, maybe that's stupidity or maybe that's a lack of care or something else but it's not treason all right and to be clear uh, none of you used the word treason treason was the word used uh, in in the facts 
perhaps a, a reasonable interpretation or not reasonable of, uh, of, of the um, allegation of release of classified materials. Um, so we'll leave that there. On with this now. Uh, Art, please ask Paul Smith if he's ever RV'd to find out where the 116 lost pages went. Uh, for your information, it's a Mormon thing. Yeah. That's from Ron in Birmingham, Alabama. And as a matter of fact, no, I haven't. Uh, part of the problem with remote viewing is you can't task yourself. If you do, then you're already asking for trouble. Ah. Uh, you know, you, you know what the target is, and you already have preconceived ideas about the target. If you say, oh, I'm going to go remote view X, then you're very likely to find that X what you expected to find, whether or not it's really there. Um, even if I were interested in, uh, you know, going into these historical things and, and uh, looking at uh, all the past historical events, dealing with, you know, my religion or any other religion, um, if I were to task myself, uh, the information wouldn't be valid. You would have compromised yourself. Exactly. All right. Um, again, uh, it's inevitable. Uh, Ed Dames has done something that will affect the entire remote viewing community. He has released, or is about to, um, videotapes that purport to be able to teach the general public how to remote view at a price far less than the average remote viewing course apparently costs the public. Um, do you think, A, it is possible to teach somebody with that method, and B, what effect will it have, uh, if any, with so many people out there trying to remote view? Uh, this is Lynn. I am hoping, actually, that it does work, because uh, I would love to see this talent brought out in, in more people, and uh, I think it, overall it would you know, raise the entire consciousness of humanity. Uh, I know that in uh, my own philosophy of teaching, uh, I find that every student is so individual mm -hmm. that I'm very adamant about uh, individualized training. Uh, and I know that it is too. However, I think many of the uh, general rules of remote viewing, uh, the basic rules of remote viewing, can probably be taught that way. And I'm very anxious to find out if uh, if it works. I, like I say, I hope it does. Let me jump in here. Uh, this is Paul. Um, I, I taught myself how to play guitar, and it took me. Well, I'm still trying to master some of what normally would be elementary uh, things to learn. <laughs> if you have a, a, an accomplished teacher. Um, it is possible to learn things on your own uh, with books or videos or whatever, um, but it's amazing how much of a difference a good teacher will make. Sure. Um, I kind of echo Lynn's feelings with it. It would be great if it was successful. And I kind of wish Ed uh, a fair amount of success in producing a quality video that, that, uh, that can help people learn. But nonetheless, uh, there's a lot to be said for having individual instruction, uh, particularly on something as... Uh, nuanced and as uh, as uh, difficult to grasp as, as this uh, remote viewing functioning is. All right. I would like, uh, this is Joe, I'd like to yes. add just one comment to that. Um, Lynn, Lynn made a very good statement when he referred to talent. Uh, essentially, uh, within the research side of things, we've pretty much firmly established that uh, every every living human being has uh, an inherent talent at uh, being psychic. Uh, remote viewing, of course, uh, any instruction in remote viewing should be teaching the technology or the protocol 
whatever the you know the uh, approach should teach the appropriate protocol. And while you can teach that technology, you're going to be pretty much stuck with uh, the inherent talent within the individual as it's displayed. Uh, there is no existent proof that I'm aware of, at least from a research standpoint, that you can expand or, or uh, make someone more accurate than what their inherent talent might be. All right, this is an area where you all disagree, isn't it? Uh, no, no in fact, I agree very much. Really? Uh, yeah. In other words, the, the, the natural talent uh, aspect of it uh, is either very important or not very important? Uh, I as far as, uh, this is Lynn, uh, as far as learning to connect, to get a conscious connection to that part of your subconscious mind which knows the universe or the information that's out there, uh, that is that is extremely teachable. How much of the out there your subconscious is able to bring in, I think, is a matter of talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it, like teaching a uh, a person to play the piano, there are some people who have the same number of fingers as the virtuoso, and yet will never be in a concert hall, uh, even though they can learn to play the piano. And this is very much true. Uh, you can't expand what's already there. I think the amazing thing is to most people how much is there. And uh, most people who uh, learn the remote viewing are just astounded by the amount of ability that they have in this field. All right. Um, you all have moved from the military program to the civilian program. And I've not really asked you about specifics that you have uh, targets that you have done as civilians. So let me ask about a couple. Has anybody remote viewed Flight 800? Well... Uh, this is Paul. I, I have. Um, in fact, I did it. Uh, did that in support of the project that Ed Dames had. Uh, I've done some uh, freelance remote viewing for SciTech. Um, and in fact, uh, the drawings that uh, I forget what program Ed was on, but the ones he showed to the camera were were sketches that I had made in in uh, the course of my sessions. Oh, they were. Uh, that was of the uh, the. I think it was a fuel pump assembly or something. Some some kind of uh, of piece of machine or equipment, uh, of course, I had not a clue what it was, uh, you know, uh, I just drew it. <laughs> so you then would uh, w- would agree uh, with Major James' assessment uh, that that was a mechanical um, malfunction? Well, my particular uh, set of viewings didn't really identify the ultimate cause. Um, I, I specifically honed in on that piece of equipment that that was... Um, whatever happened to that uh, was a, a, a major contributor to the, or perhaps the major contributor to the, to the uh, uh, incident with the aircraft. Uh, what made that malfunction? Uh, I didn't didn't get that. All I right. Does know. that mean then that uh, it that that particular um, piece of gear could have malfunctioned and caused the accident? In quotes, accident. Um, or that uh, a missile uh, without a warhead exploding could have passed through and hit this and then caused the, quote, accident. That is possible, at least based on my sessions. Now, I don't know what other uh, viewers uh, had had work that particular project, and he may have had some other uh, 
you know, more confirmatory kind of stuff as, to, as far as the actual initiator of the event. Mm -hmm. But my particular viewing didn't really confirm or deny, uh, you know, some third-party involvement. Okay, you just came up with that particular piece of gear. Um, what about O.J. Simpson? Anybody on that one? No. <laughs> I, I, uh, I originally said, and uh, I still stand by it, that um, while O.J. may have said uh, certain connections to whoever may have killed uh, the two people, um, that I do not think that he physically did it himself. I believe that, um, that that was done by someone else, and I don't think the real reason for that that occurrence or the death has uh, come to the forefront, and we may never know exactly mm -hmm. uh, why they were killed. All right. Uh, at the top of the hour here, I think, it, you know, it's getting late. It's getting toward 5 o'clock. Uh, what I would like to do, if I can, is probably let Joe and Paul go and hold on to Lynn to ask questions of the, uh, answer questions of the audience, if that's agreeable, or we can hold on to everybody. Uh, Joe is coming out with a book, if we could get some information on that. Let's do it right now. Joe, uh, yes, I know, you, you ha you've already written one book, right? I, I wrote a book called Mind Trek, Hampton Roads uh, Publishing Company, 1993. It's recently been revised, and it's, it's, uh, will probably hit the stands and, uh, ten, 10 days to two weeks, and uh, I've added chapters on Stargate and uh, some of the myths surrounding remote viewing. And, and it's a pretty good compendium of information on remote viewing. Uh, I've also recently forwarded uh, the following book to Mindtrack to my agent uh, as of today or yesterday, I can't remember, and uh, hopefully that will be seen on the shelves at some future date. How do people get your books? Uh, there's a real easy way. Uh, they can call a 1-800 number. Okay. Uh, it's 1-800-766-8009, and uh, that's Hampton Roads Publishing, and, and they will be glad to service the request for the book, or they can go to any Barnes & Noble or any other uh, major supplier of books. All right, that's 1-800-766-8009? That's correct. Anybody else write a book? No, this is Paul, not yet, <laughs> although I do plan to have a website up fairly soon. Uh, so, also, Paul, uh, there, there is some information on Lynn's website about my, my company, but uh, that's about the extent of it right now. And Paul is beginning to teach, too, so he may want to give people his, his number where he can be contacted. Or... All right. Well, okay. I'll, I'll give you my email. Um, it's, uh, the, the company I've incorporated is Remote Viewing Instructional Services. Right. So the email is rvis right. at tidalwave, T-I-D-A-L-W-A-V-E, dot net. Hey, that's uh, rvis at tidalwave, one word, dot net. Right. All right. And uh, you answer your email, I take it? Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, I can't guarantee I keep up uh, if I have if I get inundated, but I do my best. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you're going to be inundated, believe me. What projects, uh, in the remaining moments here, what projects uh, have you all taken on after the military? I take it you're leaving the national security stuff behind now. Uh, you probably had enough of that to sink a ship. Uh, yes. Or maybe you sunk so, a few, I don't know. Um, but, uh, but, so what are you doing now? 
This is Joe. Um, I'm a research associate still with the Cognitive Sciences Lab. That was the original lab at SRI and then later at SAIC. And uh, we are currently working on some very interesting contracts for uh, uh, some major corporations that have tasked us with doing some research in remote viewing. And we hope to continue uh, pursuing the mechanisms behind remote viewing. Can you talk about it at all? I mean, for example, our own CIA, which once spent all its time um, with national security work, uh, you know, Congress and oversight committees have been talking about changing the direction of the CIA to uh, industrial espionage. Uh, we, we, of course, at CSL Lab, or the Cognitive Sciences Lab, have never endorsed uh, espionage of any kind. Uh, we're primarily interested in trying to uh, uncover the mechanisms that support site functioning. Uh, we've recently done three, three or four uh, very interesting pilot studies that have indicated that we may be on to something with regard to two or three of those mechanisms. And if those prove out, which we have every reason to believe they will, uh, there'll be some very astounding uh, uh, findings that will uh, open the door to a whole lot more research. Do you guys ever scare yourselves? <laughs> Sometimes Joe scares me, but no. <laughs> uh, I, I am uh, no longer surprised at, at this science, but I'll never quit being amazed by it. I would agree with that uh, statement. Is it one of those things that once you have begun, uh, I, I mean, I have yet to talk to a remote viewer who was involved in the government program or otherwise, who has said, this is lousy, I'm, I'm, I'm bored or I'm uninterested, and I'm not doing it anymore. Is it one of those things that once you've done, you will always do? Uh, this is Joe. Uh, it's, I, I always tell people that if you, uh, if you wanted me to sell my experience in this for $10 million, I probably wouldn't do it. Uh, however, if you offered me $10 million at the beginning to do it, and then I knew what I knew now, I probably wouldn't participate. Um, I guess, yeah, that's a good answer. That's really a good answer. All right, well, we're about out of time. Anybody uh, want to issue any final words here? Um, I, of course, would love to have you all back at some future point, um, but any, any final words for the American audience that is intensely interested in this whole thing you've been doing? Well, this is Paul. Um, it sounds like somebody else wants to say something, too, but um, I, I think this is a very exciting uh, process. I think it's a very exciting time to be involved in this, and, uh, and I'm glad that people are interested. That kind of indicates what we were doing in secret for so many years. So, mm. so I encourage people to develop an interest in it and to explore it and find out about it. So, in other words, uh, go ahead, folks. If you're interested, follow it. That's that's right. Joe, this is Joe. Can I? I just want to add one thing before I get off here. Um, I would encourage people to retain their skepticism and to ask questions. It's it's okay to challenge whoever's doing this and and have them explain or open. Uh, to review and criticism what exactly it is that they're doing. Uh, that's, that's where knowledge is developed, and it's how we decide uh, whether something is truly valid or not. So I would encourage continued interest, but to be skeptical and ask questions. Well, you know, somebody might likely say, and we've only got a few seconds, all right, I want an instant demonstration, you know. Art's holding up something. Tell us what it is. That is not the kind of thing that remote viewing lends itself toward, is it? 
That's that's correct. This is Joe. Um, I, I've actually done six live remote viewings on camera for national uh, uh, national television in England and America, and uh, one of the requirements has been that they establish and follow very closely the protocols, and, and those performances have, have been open to review and criticism. All right, Joe, we're out of time. Joe uh, and uh, Paul, thank you both. We'll continue with uh, Lynn Buchanan. Good night, gentlemen. Good night. Thanks thank for letting us talk. Right. Stay right there, Lynn. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up. I hear the drums echoing tonight. She hears only whispers of some quiet conversation. She's coming in from the flight. Moonlit wings reflect the stars. featuring Coast to Coast AM from March 25th, 1997. Good morning, everybody. My guest is Lynn Buchanan. In the last hours, Joe McMonagall and Paul Smith were here, all three involved in Project Stargate, the military's remote viewing project. If you would like a copy of this program, please, 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 please make note of the number that will get it to you. Coast AM sure sounds great in the middle of the night. But you know, you don't have to be nocturnal to enjoy this amazing show. The Coast Insider is your key to a normal life. For 15 cents a day, you can wake up refreshed knowing that last night's show is waiting for you with podcasting. Listen on your way to work and again on the way home. Or listen to one of over a thousand archived shows from the past three years. As a member, you'll have access to our monthly live chat sessions with George Nouri and special guests. The Coast Insiders Club is a must-have feature for all Coast to Coast AM listeners. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up today. You'll sleep like a baby, knowing you'll never miss your favorite guests and topics ever again. Remember, a one-year subscription comes out to only 15 cents a day. Sign up today at coasttocoastam.com. Get a new view of the world with Coast to Coast AM. At this point, I'm not happy with the direction that government is taking us. I'm happy with the fact that Americans are beginning to wake up and stand up and do what they have to do and shout and scream and blog. And I think that's critical. And I think that's what's going to save the republic. 
I think in the long run, as we go through all this stuff, it's the people who will save us, and our country will remain strong. Take Coast to Coast AM with you anywhere on your mobile phone. AM.com can be conveniently accessed on your iPhone and most Android platforms, which means that you are never without your Coast to Coast AM fix. If you're a Coast to Coast Insider subscriber, you can listen to the show live in the middle of the night or previous shows 24-7. Plus, you can browse all the great photos, videos, and news stories. Keeping up with Coast to Coast AM has never been easier with our Coast Insider service. Looking for the truth? You'll find it on Coast to Coast AM. Not everything is cut and dry, and I think people will look at events and say who profits, who benefits, and then they back into it with their theories, which many people would say are conspiracies. I mean, there's no question there's a facet of government that wants to take guns off the street, not just assault weapons, but pure right. guns. They want to get them out of Americans' hands. In order to do that, you need tragedies and events like we had in Connecticut in order to create the stimulus to get the legislature and people behind that in order to say, you know what, they're right, we don't need this, we don't need that. So I think when you look at that whole picture, as bizarre as it sounds, because you cannot see a conspiracy at every event, but you will look at these events and say, see, this is what they've created in order to get people to think this way. Bottom line is people don't trust other people, and that's why they create all these things. Somewhere in Time with Art Bell continues, courtesy of Premier Networks. Back now to Lynn Buchanan. It is your hour with him. Whatever questions you might have, uh, come now. Um, Lynn, let me ask you one. I'm, I've got a whole pile of faxes here. All right. Um, please ask Lynn if remote viewing could help a person find their soulmate or, or perfect mate in life, and if so, how would that be done? Uh, the answer is yes. However, let me uh, uh, say that that type of uh, work uh, is sometimes achieved much more easily uh, by some other disciplines. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've heard it said that uh, remote viewing... You're, you're not talking about bar hopping, right? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, as far as you know, the, the disciplines for parapsychology, uh, yes. if, you, if you're trying to learn remote viewing in order to get in touch with the universe or your higher self, uh, it's sort of like joining the Marines to learn how to fold your clothes. Uh, it's, uh, it's extremely disciplined, and uh, there are easier and sometimes even quicker ways to, ways to do it. Uh-huh. All right. Um, and I want to tell everybody once again that uh, on my website, www.artbell.com, there are now a multitude in the guest area, uh, a multitude of links to the various uh, uh, remote viewing sites that have been mentioned uh, tonight. So back now to the phones we go, and the first-time caller lot. First-time callers call area 702-727-1222. For BC. Okay, Aaron, uh, that's the only sin we have on the show generally, not to give your last name. So oh, okay. let's begin all over again. Your name is Aaron? Yep. 
And you're calling from where? Vancouver, B.C. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I was wondering, uh, during your research in the Stargate program, did you follow the work being done by Charles Honerton in the Ganza Field experiment? Uh, <clears throat> the Gansfield, Gansfield experiments. Yeah. Uh, we had we had read about them. Uh, they didn't directly apply to us since we weren't a research side. Uh, I think that the um, people out at SRI would probably know a whole lot more about it and more of the inside work. Uh, we were mainly uh, tasked with uh, the use of of uh, whatever worked to uh, collect information. Now, we tried some Gunsfeld, uh work, and, uh, and it worked about the same as, as the ERV, extended remote viewing, that we were doing. Uh, it required a lot more equipment, and so basically we just went back to the ERV. Okay. Um, Ray Hyman, he, uh, he was on the panel, the evaluation panel. Right, uh-huh. Um, what are your thoughts on his conclusion? <laughs> well, his conclusion, uh, the end conclusion was that, uh, yes, this shows that uh, there is something to remote viewing uh, seemingly. However, uh, we don't have all of the potentials for... Uh, for shooting it down, and so uh, even though we can't shoot it down right now, we're just going to wait until the time comes when we can shoot it down before we make a decision. And uh, this, to me, is not a uh, <laughs> is not a valid uh, conclusion. The uh, the conclusion he came to was basically that <clears throat> excuse me that he admitted that the uh, statistics show that there is value to the remote viewing, that there is an actual phenomenon going on. But uh, Interesting reaction. Yeah, but let's not decide right now until we can find a way to shoot it down. <laughs> From the James Randi School. Right. Um, <laughs> all right, um, here's another fact. Art, I've heard cases where remote viewers located military targets during the Gulf War. Can Lynn enlighten us on this subject, or is it simply too sensitive? There are many uh, aspects of it that are very sensitive. Uh, there are many aspects of it that generally get talked about uh, with, you know, because the feeling is that it's not too sensitive at all. Um, I, I think what the question is is could I give an example all right, can you? Uh, yes. Um, I have no feedback on this one uh, because, you know, I was, I was the viewer, and this is one we wouldn't get feedback on. Mm -hmm. I did one session where uh, right in the middle of the session, what's called a phase, the stage seven uh, came in, and uh, basically my subconscious turned and addressed me and said, you're not going to believe what's coming next. Really? And um, Like a preview. Uh, yeah. A teaser. And so I went ahead and did the session, and what came next was something I didn't believe. That is that uh, uh, Saddam Hussein had some way gotten a hold of an American missile, was waiting for 
the high holy days of Ramadan, at which time he was going to fire it into the Holy of Holies in order to start a jihad. And since the other rulers would be dead, he could naturally take over. Oh, uh, wow. I, I still find it hard to believe. Uh, of course, I turned it in. Uh, what was done with it, I don't know. Uh, I imagine that must have been a little frustrating. Did the remote viewing team ever get feedback about the information, the uh, intel they gave? Did, did anybody ever come back to you guys and say, hey, congratulations, you know, we found those gas canisters and you guys really hit it right on the head? Did you ever get any of that? Oh, yeah. Uh, we got uh, quite a bit of that from different customers. Other customers, of course, uh, I mean, there were times when uh, we would be tasked with targets and uh, the way we would know that we had success was the uh, the group that tasked us would come in and confiscate our records and say we didn't have the clearance to see them. Huh. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that was our feedback. Um, the uh, I'll bet those guys worried about you. In other, oh, yeah. in other words, they could come in, they could confiscate your records, but if you really wanted to know, I mean, they of all people knew that you had a, a, a certain level of effectiveness, and you probably scared the hell out of them. This is what Paul was saying earlier. Uh, one of the one of the uh, reactions we met with other units was uh, sort of fear, uh, sure. simply because we could see into some of the inner workings and such. All right. Uh, back to the many waiting phones. Wildcard Line, you're on the air with Lynn Buchanan. Hi. Howdy. Uh, I'm Michael in California. Uh, just as a footnote, I recall the uh, government doing considerable research on the use of um, mind-altering substances in the 50s, which they also abandoned at some point. And, uh, oh, yes. And now consider somewhat uh, threatening or, for some reason, uh, pretty penalizable. And, but aside from that, would you not think, say that some people are more adept at becoming uh, quality um, viewers, and that at certain times it is, seems to function better than perhaps at others. Well, all right, let's let's narrow that down to the first part of your question. Um, the, our government indeed experimented with mind-altering substances. Were there ever, uh, or if you can't answer this, and I'd rather have the answer that you can't answer it, but were there ever attempts that you were aware to enhance the ability of a remote viewer with some sort of uh, psychedelic chemical? Uh, I think that uh, some experiments were tried uh, with a medical project that was uh, attempted on, you know, to uh, see what happens physiologically with remote viewers. Uh, as far as I know, the SRI project, and I'm absolutely certain the uh, Fort Meade uh, operational group never did that. Uh, the feeling was, and I, I'm very firm about this, that anything you do to dull your mind uh, is going to dull your results. And uh, well, I, I guess some, some yes, yes, sir. But some would contend, Lynn, that not all drugs dull the mind. Uh, some of them alter its state to a degree, 
Uh, certainly there are many drugs that dull the mind or fuzz the mind, but there are some drugs that some would argue alter your state uh, and don't so much fuzz it up but alter it. And, and so I can see that that would certainly be one area they would want to know about. Yes, and I think the, uh, like I say, I think the medical experiments did some of this, but I know that we didn't. Uh, I know that my own preference is uh, uh, I want a remote view with it being me that does it. Uh, I hear you. Uh, I am very opposed to drugs and especially to anyone, you know, doing drugs while remote viewing. I just wouldn't trust the results. All right. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with uh, uh, Lynn Buchanan. Where are you, please? Uh, this is Nancy from northwest Indiana. Northwest Indiana, all right. Okay. Uh, fundamentalist religions view mental telepathy and parapsychology as work of the devil. That's right. And you earlier mentioned positive feelings of Christ and the great prophets. So on the opposite side of the coin, have you experienced evil forces, huh? and how might that be influencing people's lives today? Oh, good one. Uh, sure. If, uh, we talked about the presence of Jesus, uh, and that, that was fascinating. What about? Uh, the opposite, uh, do you know of anybody, have you or uh, has anybody ever run into what we would think of or know of as the devil? Uh, absolutely. Oh? Uh, there have been times, I know in my viewing, when there has been just a, a presence of evil, but generally the evil that I've found has been in the people we were tasked with. Uh, uh, the the rogues gallery of our targets was uh, was pretty severe. Uh, did that did that get really tiresome? Extremely. Uh, one of the problems here is that uh, as you access someone's mind, the uh, the way to enhance that access is to start agreeing with them and sort of lose your own personality in it. Uh, at the end of a session, you really have to detoxify or else you wind up taking Idi Amin home with you. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, now there's one evil dude. Uh, how, do you, how do you learn to let it go? I, I was a 911 dispatcher for Monterey County for a year, and it damn near killed me. I, I actually had to leave because I kept taking my job home with me. Yeah. How do you not take Idi Amin home with you? There is a process of uh, sitting there and going over everything you found in the session and saying, you know, is that me or him? You know, is it real or is it Memorex? Uh, and just uh, one by one, sitting there and uh, and taking every impression and working it out to get yourself back. Uh, this is one of the reasons why uh, even things like... Um, could be called deep or even shallow mind probes is one thing that I do not encourage my students to do simply because you can get sucked in to someone else's personality. And uh, if you're not a good advanced viewer wow. who's very experienced, don't do it. So, again, there are things you will not teach people. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Lynn Buchanan. Hello. Oh, how are you doing, Art, again? Fine. Is, uh, Dal, uh, thanks a lot for taking the phone call. Sure. Where are you? I'm in uh, Paso Robles, California, KPRL. All right. Um, 
question there, Mr. Britannic. Yes. Um, first of all, are we evolving and learning to use our gray matter and our and our uh, upper part of our brains now? Are, are we are we actually learning how to to use the part that they, that they don't uh, uh, understand that that's that's being utilized? Uh, from what I gather, the gray matter in front of your mind is the part that they they have. Uh, no knowledge of what it does. Are we starting to evolve to use this now? Or, I will add, are we devolving? I've wondered about that. Uh, I don't think we're devolving. Uh, up until the beginning of this year, I would have answered the question with, I don't know, but I hope so. Uh, an event happened at the beginning of this year. Uh, I had always been adamantly against group teaching because this is such an individualized thing. But I started, uh, I taught one group class mainly to to get people to shut up, you know, trying to get me to, to teach it. I just wanted to prove that it wouldn't work. And um, the, uh, the response of the students, uh, they, they picked up on this so quickly. Uh, one of my... Uh, previous students was there uh, in the class, you know, just to come and talk about his experiences. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the end of the the two days of group training, he came up to me and he said, uh, he said, what's happening here? It took me seven months to get to this point. Um, I think I believe in the well, I'm, I believe in the uh, Sheldrake effect that the more people who learn to do this, the easier it gets to do it. Hmm. Um, and uh, that, that implies some sort of uh, mass consciousness, uh, doesn't it? That's right. And the CRV process, I mean, ties right straight into that. All right, Lynn, uh, hold, hold tight there. We're at the bottom of the hour. We'll be right back and pick up on that point. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More somewhere in time coming up. Go to 
we take you back to the past on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Top of the morning, everybody. It's great to be here. Lynn Buchanan is my guest. Remote viewing is the topic, and it is fascinating. So many targets, so little time. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from March 25th, 1997. Well, here's a question from Russ in California, and it's a neat one. Uh, please ask Lynn if he has ever targeted the period of time in which the dinosaurs roamed Earth. Uh, not personally. Uh, that is a uh, uh, fairly good training target, and... Uh, uh, in fact, I think maybe I have uh, in my in my early training. Um, you know, just as a as another uh, uh, session to see if you're on target because we have feedback on that. Well, there was uh, a there's a second part to the question. Okay. Uh, if so, was man walking side by side with the dinosaurs? Uh, I don't remember specifically getting that. I have always felt that uh, a form of man was, yes. Uh -huh. But uh, that I didn't get that from a remote viewing. I got that from other studies that I've done. Okay. Uh, simple archaeological findings. And then a good P.S. here. Uh, P.S. Why can't remote viewers win lotteries? And um, before you answer that, I would have answered uh, Russ in California by saying, Russ, how do you know that a lot of the winners of lotteries aren't remote viewers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you answer the way you want, Lynn. All right. We have uh, people working on numbers, which is a, a very hard thing to do in remote viewing. Uh, there is another type of remote viewing called alternate, I mean, uh, um, well, ARV, uh, alternate remote viewing. Uh, which uh, substitutes remote viewing targets for the numbers ah. and uh, allows you to uh, remote view, for instance, the pick three. Now, the way that's normally done is if you're doing the pick three, you have uh, four people working, uh, three viewers, each of which will remote view one of the numbers and one person who collects the data, looks on the chart to see what the Ooh. results mean, and goes and places the bet. Ah. Um, uh, but it, it's been done, and uh, uh, it's been done successfully. Well, if remote influencing is possible, how about sending Ed McMahon and the gang up my driveway? <laughs> uh, they're coming here first. Uh, I, I see. All right. yeah. I, I understand that. Really, I do. Uh, first time caller line, you're on the air with Lynn Buchanan. Hello. Is there a man? You're on. My name is John, and I'm from Rochester, New York. Hi, John. And thank you, Mr. Bell and uh, Art. I uh, appreciate uh, your service you're providing. Uh, Lynn, can you hear me? Yes, uh-huh. Uh, 
I have a number of questions. Uh, is it possible that in the future that we will all be able to talk to each other and absorb all of the information at the same time like a Pentium 2 computer? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I, here's another place where I would say I hope so. I hope that we can get to the point where we understand each other better, where... Uh, where good intentions are realized as good intentions and so forth, I think it's possible. And I, uh, I know that there are many influences uh, that hold people back, and I just hope that those influences aren't as strong as man's desire to go forward. Yeah. One of the most frustrating things is uh, that, that, that we hear all the information coming at us and that we can't interchange it as quickly as we wish to. Uh, do you know anything about Jane Roberts? Oh, vaguely. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, another question, uh, uh, Frank Herbert wrote a book called Dune, and the, the threads that Maudib was seeing uh, as far as the future was concerned. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, is our future in threads, uh, as he kind of alluded to? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, let me... Uh uh, refresh my memory on this. It's been a long time since I read Dune. Uh, uh, the threads mean uh, well, there is there is another the, science. There picture. are many, many uh, multifaceted, interconnected uh, oh. future tracks. Okay. I was getting that. Uh, many possibilities. Right. Uh, I think so. Uh, I was getting that confused with another science fiction, which has uh, threads dropping from the sky and uh, and. Uh, as plant pathogens uh, killing all the life. <laughs> uh, there is a science fiction book out to that. Um, I think that uh, we'll find that there are many paths we can go down. And uh, now I don't know about alternate universes. As far as I'm concerned, I, I stick with one. Uh, and so that one is the one I'm concerned about. Uh, but I think there are many threads, yes. I think there are many paths we can go down. I would be utterly remiss if I didn't pop this uh, has-to-be-asked question because nobody else has yet. Um, Carl in Spokane would like to know if you have remote-viewed the Kennedy assassination. No, I have not. Um, intentionally, in fact. Uh, really? Yes, there are some things that... Um, People always ask about, you know, have you remote viewed yes. uh, uh, Marilyn Monroe's death, the Kennedy assassination, uh, O.J. Simpson. Uh, I generally stay away from these simply because, uh, you know, I can get an answer uh, through remote viewing. But what would the purpose be? I couldn't change it. And the only purpose would be to... Uh, to beat, beat on my chest and say, you know, I've remote viewed this and here's sure. what I found. Uh, and I don't do that. I keep low key. Personally, I think there'd be a lot more joy in remote viewing Marilyn Monroe's life. Right. <laughs> uh, while uh, let, me, let me say one thing. Uh, if I get a remote viewer, well, I ask the remote viewers to work at least five missing children cases uh, after they graduate the course. Uh -huh. We find one kid... And uh, I tell you, they're hooked. They don't care about uh, Marilyn Monroe or or O.J. Simpson anymore at all. They're I, un I understand. Uh, wild card line, you're on the air with Lynn Buchanan. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. Gerald from Calgary, Alberta. Greetings to you. Calgary, Alberta. Yes, sir. 
QR77. Uh, Lynn and Art, uh, have you ever heard of Jose Silva method? Uh, it was mainly under mind control, but we did lots of remote viewing. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, and the uh, term remote viewing uh, was basically taken by the uh, Silva people and uh, is oh. not the classical definition of remote viewing. Now, uh, the people who do the Silva mind, uh, mind work that uh, I've met have very good results, and I say if it works, use it. Um, it's the stuff taught by the Silva group is not the controlled, situational, uh, laboratory-provable, classic remote viewing. Uh, My second so, question, would you favor us with one of your shareable uh, uh, remote uh, forecasts or our current affairs that you could uh, tell us and sort of be a control of your talents? All right. Uh, In other words, some sort of something that you can tell us is going to occur that will serve as a test. Well, I basically already have uh, the... Um, Results that I've been getting from the uh, plant pathogen thing, uh, the attack on the U.S. Yes. Um, I get the impressions that it's going to be happening sometime this uh, spring or fall of this year. Now, yeah, I, I hate that. I, you know, yeah. even though you feel the results will be different or more localized, uh, hearing that from you and from Ed Dames is very worrisome. Oh, it is to me, too. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the questions that I have on that subdirector of your page, someone asked me about it, and um, I said that uh, if it shows up on the Internet, then these uh, uh, what's called open source uh, intelligence gatherers, they gather intelligence from newspapers, magazines, the Internet, and so on, uh, they have search engines. And if I speak about this on the Internet, I know that by the next morning, uh, uh, if I have said the word uh, Hussein, Arab country, uh, stuff like this, then that winds up in an intelligence database in a foreign country. Really? And it's my hope to say these things in order to hopefully get some things changed. In other words, I hope I'm wrong and will actively pursue anything I can to be wrong. So you're, you're trying to influence uh, future, future events, actually. Yes, uh-huh. uh, if, you, if you see the future and it's not what you want it to be, then uh, I have no qualms in changing it. <laughs> One obvious question for a remote viewer mm -hmm. is, have you ever thought of, or in fact have you, Remote viewed your own time of death. Yes, I have. Uh huh. Uh, I find it to be a uh, fairly peaceful death. Uh, uh, I don't know how much of that is wishful thinking, but uh, that's you know the impression I got. Now this was in a sealed envelope, so that I didn't know what I was uh, what I was viewing, what the target was, and basically what I got was. Uh, 
an old fat man with uh you know in a in a bed with people around him that cared uh well that's that's a good result um I, I wonder, though, uh, about the danger of giving somebody a target of that nature. In other words, if instead of the old fat guy in the bed with all his friends around, mm -hmm. uh, you saw, you know, a Mack truck bearing down on you, uh, oh, yeah. you have psychologically injuring, injurious results. Uh, oh, yeah. I wouldn't give that uh, target to anyone else. Uh, I gave it to myself just uh, basically so, out of curiosity. It's almost like slipping a little LSD into somebody's orange juice, you know. <laughs> yeah. Sheesh. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Lynn Buchanan. Hello. Hello. Uh, Art? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I have a very good reason for asking Lynn this question. The woman who called, Beverly Jaggers? Yes, uh-huh. Uh, Lynn, do you know her? Uh, no, I don't. Uh-uh. Uh, uh, many years ago, I have a son missing and assumed dead, mm -hmm. and many years ago I read about her in, I think it was the Enquirer, and I called the uh, lieutenant, I think his name was Kirkwood, and he put, he got me in touch with her, mm -hmm. and uh, she was trying with her group at that particular time uh, to try to find out what happened to my son. Right. And that's been... A long, long time ago. It's still hard, right? And uh, before I die, I have to find out what happened. Well, do you help people like this, uh, Lynn? Uh, yes. Now, one of the problems that I have is this uh, security clearance, and uh, for many other reasons as well. Uh, if there is an investigation going on especially on an American citizen, I will only work it through authorized channels. And so if someone comes to me and says, you know, uh, uh, my son is missing or or uh, I don't know what happened to so-and-so, yes, um, I will tell them partially because I, I want the cushion there, partially also because it's a necessity that uh, if they will get the investigating officer to contact me, I will be glad to work the problem for free. All right, ma'am, 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 listen to me, listen to me. He just said, have the investigating officer, in your case, the case of your son, contact him. There, Art, there is none. It's been so many years, the case is closed. Yes, but there was an original investigating officer on the case. We well, he's uh, probably retired by now. We worked a case not too long ago. Uh, last year sometime that had been closed for nine years and uh, and on the results of our uh, our session uh, Mel Dave and I worked on this the results of our session the case was reopened and they've been finding uh, I hear some uh, some new evidence so do that ma'am well how can I get a hold of Lynn okay that's a good question Lynn uh, what is the best way to get hold of you uh, do you have internet access? Uh, I would presume if she doesn't, she can get it. Okay. Uh, I would say the easiest, the easiest uh, address to remember is artbell.com, and uh, right there is a link to my page, and on my page is my address and phone number. All right, there you are, ma'am. And uh, I might add that if you don't have a friend with a computer who can do it, you can go to a public library. 
And uh, just remember my address, uh, which is www.artbell.com. Now, let me also say that right at the present time, we are heavily backed up with the signed witness program uh, cases, and so we're we're really bogged down until we can get more remote viewers working on these. So uh, uh, I hope people won't be offended if um, you know if they call and uh, have their police department call as well. And uh, nothing is done that day. Uh, we have a we have a tremendous backlog here. Completely understandable. Uh, west of the Rockies, you're on the air with Lynn Buchanan. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Art. Yes. Yes. And uh, good morning, Lynn. Good morning. Uh, my question for you is, could a remote viewer be tricked and fed a false remote view to cover up a secret or event? All right. Um, oh, that that is an awfully good question. In other words, could, for example, another group of remote viewers somehow trick you and cause you to see something that would be utterly inaccurate. Exactly. Uh, absolutely. In fact, one of the uh, biggest problems in remote viewing is that you tend to do that to yourself to begin with. Uh, and uh, there is a thing that uh, we call basically the neighbor's cat. Uh, if uh, someone else whom you respect very much uh, does a session on a target and they're wrong, out of your respect for them, you will tend to find the wrong thing as well. This is one reason why I never um, uh, ask the same exact question to two different viewers who know each other. Well, this brings me back to Ed Dame's uh, tapes, which generally the group earlier, including you, seem to agree might be or hopefully will be a good idea if it works. If it works, then uh, I'm all for it. But then on the other hand, with all of those people out there remote viewing, maybe even influencing... There are going to be a lot of mistakes made. A lot of mistakes will be made. And couldn't there be a sort of virtual anarchy that would develop? That's uh, my fear. I do believe very strongly in the Sheldrake effect. And I know that the more people who learn to remote view correctly, the easier it is to learn to remote view correctly. The more who learn to remote view incorrectly, the easier it will be to learn excuse me, incorrectly. Hmm. And uh, this is my big fear with uh, many of the quickie courses that are out there uh, that I'm afraid that they're going to, through the Sheldrake effect, just, uh, you know, the hundredth monkey effect, sure. uh, just... Uh, almost destroy any progress that's been made simply because it'll be easier to do it wrong. Yeah. What, what, what was your initial reaction when you heard the videotapes were going to be released at a very, or relatively, a comparatively inexpensive price? Oh, uh, well, it was just that. I, I really hope it works. Uh, if there's a way that we can uh, get people doing this uh, and doing it well, then I'm all for it. Hmm. And if there's a way that we can make it available to more people, I think that's great. Well, listen, we're coming to the end of our, actually the entire program. Uh, 
you've really been a trooper sticking it out through the whole program. It's got to be, uh, well, the sun has to be up back there, huh? Yes, uh, looking out the window it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, I, I suspect you're going to have a lot of email to answer, and uh, this will keep you busy for a while. It has been a distinct pleasure, Lynn, and we will do it again one day if you're I up have, for it. I have really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't get the Art Bell Show because I live in a very steep little valley, and our local radio station has the wattage of a light bulb. Light and bulb. Uh, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you, Lynn. Thank Take you. care. That's Lynn Buchanan, everybody. And I'm sorry, but the clock dictates we must go. So go we shall. Good night.